1: And not to it, but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
2: In a world where Carolina Panthers fans
3: have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers
4: Podcast.
5: What is up, Panther fans? Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tonight's show, Josh Norman answers the call for the Carolina Panthers. He did answer the call. The Panthers are the only ones calling, but they need some help in the secondary as they're coming off a 37 to 23 win over the Detroit Lions that keeps them in playoff contention. You look at those 23 points and you go, man, that game was probably a game. No, it wasn't. It was a beat down. It was 34 to 13 with three minutes and 50 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And the Carolina Panthers literally ran all over the Detroit Lions. They knew that's what they were going to try to do. They couldn't stop it. This offensive line went berserko. The running backs went crazy. And Panther fans on Christmas Eve probably We're going nuts. I couldn't believe 37 points in explosion. Sam Darnold running, juking, RPOing, optioning it. It was crazy, Cody Lashney. It is December 27th, 2022, and we have hope. We have excitement. We have something to talk about on the C3 Panthers podcast tonight, Cody Lashney. My wheel man, Merry Christmas to you, and Happy New Year. Very Merry Christmas,
1: man. And listen... Did you not feel the energy? Because I'm feeling it, baby. Josh Norman, back in the building, has unfinished business with the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay, we're going to Tampa, and they look like doo-doo right now. And the Carolina Panthers are in contention for the NFC South for the first time since I can even remember it, Tony. It has been far too long, and we have so much to talk about. And as usual, we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. You already know them and love them. We got Young Honcho, our man Drew, Alex Mex Pro, Anthony Price, AU Link, Bill Dotrieve, Blind Panther Blogs, Craig Cartner, Dan Floyd, These Ill Skills, KV73s, Panther Gal, Lawrence Trevet. The stats, vibes, squad down production, and Tim Estes, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. We got Panther football. Let's roll. Let
5: me close this. Um, The Panthers did not have to pass the ball on the first drive as they ran for a touchdown. Um, The entire first drive, CK, was runs and they just ran it yeah. right up the gut and destroyed them going up 7 points didn't pull away right away with that game but did not have to pass the ball until there was only 6 minutes and 53 seconds left in the first quarter
6: yeah it was uh it was an incredible uh, outing this offensive line was playing fucking bully with that defensive line um there's Aiden Hutchinson what who was that it yeah. was Aiden Hudson. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, Never dude was Never non-ex- non-existent in this game. You know, I saw a, a couple of clips of Icky manhandling that boy, making him look like he was going back to junior college, bro. This offensive line made this defense that is run by Dan Campbell that is supposed to be uh oh, just, we're going to bite your knees off. We're going to fight wow. you. No. Dan Campbell at the end had to basically just suck on the big balls of Steve Wilkes (laughs) to talk about how great that coaching was. That was an ass whooping. And I tell you what, uh, listen, I better not hear a single fucking person come after me for my take about uh, Deontay Foreman and, uh, and him versus Christian McCaffrey. I better not see one fucking person. Listen, listen, listen. he had one, hold on. We had he had one bad game, and every one of you fuckers came after me saying, like, what a horrible take. He's had way more more games of this type of success, if not, you know, not obviously this to this level, but he has had way more uh games that he's played than he had against the Steelers, right? So you guys need to get on the train of Deontay Foreman and talk about how great he is. Um, he and Chuba Hubbard got to give him his, uh, his props this week. He's had he two weeks straight. in a row. He's had two weeks in a row where he's been able to, to, to oh, do a, a pretty good amount of, uh, or I'm sorry, not in a row, but he's had a few weeks of, of, uh, successful football, uh, that we haven't seen from him in the past, man. I tell you what, we were clicking on all cylinders. There's only a few concerns I have for this team right now, but I'm damn, man, I, it is hard not to look at this team and think, uh, Oh wait, we have to beat the Bucks. Check, we've already beaten them twenty-one to three. And oh,
5: don't count your chickens before. Hold on,
6: hold on. They, we already beat them twenty-one to three, and that three was at the end of the game. We held them scoreless in the first half, which is the first time that's ever happened in in Tom Brady's history of anything. Um, now, granted, that was because of a major drop at the beginning of the game where Mike Evans was ahead of walking touchdown, but nonetheless, we held them scoreless. And then we got to face the New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, will probably be eliminated next week when they face the Eagles. I don't care if it is Gardner Minshew or if it's Jalen Hurts; they are not the way that that Eagles team held up against the Cowboys. Tells me that the Saints do not have a prayer against that team, Um, and so I am not concerned about the final two games as much as I would be. Um, I'm going to be going into this with a lot of confidence, with a lot of high expectations for this team, man, and I can't help but I uh, feel excited about where we're at. Brewer, and
1: Tony, and real quick, but to add on to CK's Deonta Foreman rant, this is from Will Kunkel. Deonta Foreman has five games this season of 100-plus rushing yards. One more, and he ties Christian McCaffrey at six 2019 when CMC did it uh, for third most 100-yard rushing games in the season. If he rushes for 100-plus in the final two, he ties Stephen Davis for the second most in Panther history. So let's go, baby. We're rushing the ball, damn it.
5: All right. We've got a great show for you guys tonight. We'll be talking about this uh, win over the Lions and how the Panthers were able to run into this victory. We've got uh, playoff talk. Uh, potentially tickets are for sale and the Buccaneers are up next and we got to beat them to stay in it. If they beat us, they clinch. We've got, uh, uh, new additions with Josh Norman being added to the team in the call of 2014 has called back and the Panthers trying to get that home playoff game by winning the division in the wild card round. Um, so we got a lot of cool things. We got your cat calls at 252-228-5098. And we've also got a lot of news from around the NFL, from Russell Wilson's failure to, uh, I, I guess, be a football player, to getting their quarter, their coach fired already. They're in shambles. There's a lot of uh, also interesting things popping around the news. Even Baker Mayfield back in the news uh, was an offensive week for – Uh, The Panthers and uh, Mayfield said, hey, I want a little of that action, too, putting up a lot of points in L.A. uh, that helped get that Hackett fired. So we got all that coming. But don't forget, uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one men's grooming product below the belt where you can make sure to keep your nether regions or the regions you want to be, the real regions of attention, uh, under control. Right? Uh, I went to Avatar today and saw the new Avatar with my kids, and they call them the Hallelujah Mountains. Yeah, floating mountains, the Hallelujah Mountains. Why don't you say Hallelujah? Wouldn't you love for her to say Hallelujah when she saw your balls? Man, she would say it when they look great, greatly groomed with a manscape product. Don't forget, they've got a lot of other uh, products uh, from ball deodorant to um I guess what else do they got they got the lawnmower mower for
1: trimmer yeah
5: they got all of this they got underwear they got t-shirts you can go to manscaped.com and use the promo code panthers and you get 20% off and free shipping uh this is a good opportunity to um I guess maybe ladies uh think about Valentine's Day coming up and think about this is maybe even give the gift to them early and you say hey I want to see Hallelujah Balls, not Hallelujah Mountains, right? 3D is what I saw the movie in today. Let her see Hallelujah Balls in 3D by using the promo code Panthers at manscaped.com. Cody Lashney, let's get into the show. I guess the All big right. news is this is Josh Norman is being added to the Panthers before we get into the Lions game. Uh, yesterday. News came out that J.C. Horn, we had heard that J.C. Horn had suffered an injury uh, in the Lions game towards the end of the game. Yep, And uh, this kind of continued to add to not only a weak secondary, but depleted secondary as it is. And the Carolina Panthers needed to add some bodies. There was even one story I saw floating around that they claimed a guy from... Chicago off of waivers and he declined. He was like, I don't want to come to Carolina, which I thought was wild. uh And on top of that, but the Panthers needed a presence. Steve Wilkes, I guess, made the call to Josh Norman and said, Hey, can you come and play a little zone defense for us? JC Horn, Josh Norman, ugh, your thoughts, Cody Lashney.
1: Well, one look, man. How are you not happy about the return of Josh Norman, man? Re- Regardless of what you think about how he laughed or what he did with other football teams, this man was a part of the most dynamic, most hard-hitting, most Thieves Avenue stealing the football Panther defense that we have ever had, man. And yes, it is very sad that we're going to be losing J.C. Horn, and we're going to talk about that in a minute because we might not be without J.C. for the rest of the season. But listen, man, let me let you hear. From the man himself, Josh Norman. we
7: back in the building. It's live. It's your boy J024 at Gate the Dark Night. Like, let's go get him. We got a chance, man. We got a chance getting that dance. And we wouldn't be back if that winning case. All right? Let's go. And always keep pounding.
1: Urgh, keep pounding. And it goes back to that culture thing that we've been talking about so much with Steve Wilkes. These guys know the culture. They know what the Panthers' brand of football actually is. And, man, I'm excited because uh, Josh Norman played his best football under Steve Wilks when Steve Wilks was his defensive back coach. I mean, listen, I think that I don't know what other player we could want to come in right now that would do for us what I think Josh Norman could. Now, I don't know how many snaps... We're going to see him in this Sunday versus Tampa Bay. I probably wouldn't imagine too many. But listen, if we have a chance, do want Josh Norman on your team. I mean, we all remember everything he did during that 2015 season and just how dynamic he was and what a veteran presence he was to that locker room. Uh, This is Shaq Thompson talking about his Veteran presence and what that
2: means.
7: Um, I think it's a great uh, replacement.
2: Fucking ping pong, I think ping pong I think table. I the
8: replacement's here, but it's a
2: veteran oh. presence,
6: you know what I mean, Who's who's been in big-time moments big-time games, you know what I mean, who, who knows how to play under pressure. Um, and, and it's good to see him here. Um, it's good to have him back in these colors, you know what I mean? Good for him to be home, and uh, I can't wait to have him out there.
1: So people are excited, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up just to kind of remind people how good Josh Norman was uh, when he was here with the Carolina Panthers, specifically that last year in 2015, this man uh, went against DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Des Bryant, and Julio Jones, and only gave up 89 yards nine catches, and no touchdowns. Now, we're not necessarily dealing with the Josh Norman of 2015, but listen, our defense is playing strong. Our offense is running the football. To me, this is absolutely one of the most perfect signing signings that the Panthers have ever made late in the season for our product on the football field and for the culture in general, man. I love it.
6: I, I love it too, big, mainly because Uh, When you saw him leave the Panthers, he fell off of a cliff because it felt like the way that our coaches handled him was uh, significant to his ability to play at a high level. And what I think is most important to realize is who was his coach? Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes knows who he is, knows his strengths, and he's going to play to those strengths. He's not bringing... Uh, Josh Norman in to be a uh, lockdown uh, man-to-man cover corner uh, that's going to you know keep the game in check, right? He knows that's not who he is. He wasn't that here. A lot of people want to say that he was, but he played a lot of zone. He wasn't always man-to-man with the best re- re- receivers, but he was in a system that allowed him to flourish. That's not a knock on him. That's just saying his strengths are... Are a certain place, and I think Wilkes knows how to use him the most effective way. He's been in every other team you can think of, and he hasn't had the same success. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to seeing what Wilkes is able to do with him at the helm. Um, man, I, it's it's exciting to see that. I think I'm just excited to see the energy he brings to the table, man. This dude, he, 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 a lot of people just uh, forget this dude was vocal. This dude was a leader. This dude was uh entertaining you know it's just it's 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 nice to have some uh some energy uh injected on this defense
5: um you know i don't want to first uh, the only reason this is cool is because of nostalgia you know is uh i don't want to hear like oh like wilks can use him knows how to use them nobody else knew to, you know um he played for the bills for a little while and Sean sure. McDermott, I, I think, understood how to use him. He was the defensive coordinator in that sure. 2015 season. But Josh
6: Norman also was going was wasn't signed there to be a number one cornerback either, right? And he wasn't. That's the, he, pro-
5: the problem was is he was put on a team. He actually played all right at times with the the Redskins at the time. But then, you know, is that you want him to be a number one corner? He never really was. <laughs> like he was just a good cornerback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he would have been great. To have another solid corner on the other side, right. like if he could have been uh, in, in his prime alongside a guy like JC Horn, those guys could do damage. I just I think when you try to make him the singular guy, that was the, the problem. When you make him the lead, but you know, I, I mean, he was a fine player for a lot of those teams. They always took a drudge, and you know, I mean, a cornerback always gets the they're the hero or the zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and he he made some big-time plays and big <laughs> moments that made him a hero for us. You see that Saints game. People talk about that one where he made that big interception at the end in 2015. He had the some op- big plays, yeah, dude. I wouldn't watch the top ten. Yeah, the opening game uh, in 2015 was on the road in Jacksonville. I was at that game, and he had a pick six at the very beginning of the game. And it just, like, completely changed the entire dynamic of the game. So, look, uh, the thing is, is, though, that was seven years ago. He didn't play football last year, right? Right. Um, so he's a year removed. The Panthers are the only people calling. I think the real <clears> story <throat> here, though, is um, how dire the the conditions are for the Carolina Panthers secondary. I think that that's the, yeah. the bigger story for me is that, look, is J.C. Horn uh, suffered a broken wrist in this game against the Lions, and he was the only good corner we had. You know, uh, right. you had two weeks ago people wanting to drag out Keith Taylor and uh, shoot him in the streets. Then last week, CJ Henderson looked like a bum. If the Panthers, if the Panthers wouldn't have had two things happened in that game uh, against the Lions, and the game could have been a completely different game. And that what the first one that changed the whole game, was the golf fumble. Uh, in the red zone that was recovered by the Panthers because the Panthers went up seven in that game. The Lions responded with a right. seven. Then the the Lions drove down the field again and were about to potentially take the lead in that game, and which would have comp- created a completely different circumstance for that game. Jared Goff fumbles that ball, but the Panthers' secondary gave up some big plays in that game before J.C. Horn was hurt and it wasn't uh, because JC Horn was playing bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was one play where he was in the scream. I don't think it was really his fault. I don't think there was any help over the top on a different guy, but the Panthers secondary stinks, right? That's what it comes down to is it stinks. Well, it's stunk with JC Horn in there and not because <laughs> he stunk. I don't want you to get it twisted that I'm saying he stunk, but they were give they gave up a third and 14, two weeks ago, the Lions were gashing them at will. Man, they were making big plays in that game.
1: Well, I would say that Keith Taylor had a lot to do two weeks ago and why that game got so bad. And part of the point and why I like Josh Norman is you have a tenured veteran who has played a lot of football. He has played his best football with Steve Oaks. And fact of the matter, I trust him more than I do Keith Taylor. I mean, that's a simple fact. You know, we don't have Dante Jackson. Now we know we don't have J.C. Horn, but we're going to need every single person that we can to try and fight for this NFC South championship now that we have it on the line. What does make it a little bit easier is that Tom Brady is not throwing the football well right now. If you look at that guy, he doesn't lack for arm talent, but he's just not accurate. I don't know what it is. It seems like he's not on the same page with a lot of his receivers. And uh, one of the things that was brought up in the chat by Derulo Zero Chill, Josh Norman last year had a career-high seven forced fumbles. Listen, Josh Norman, he really took to that peanut punch that Charles Tillman taught him those years ago for the Panthers. So if you're talking about an opportunistic defense that's taking away the football, that is playing aggressive. Hopefully, we'll be playing with the lead because we're rushing the football better. I mean, look, I, I know things haven't been great for the Panthers, but it does, it does make me hope that we are still fighting for something and that we have the players that can do it and that can even have a boost added to their performances when you give them a player like Josh Norman that's been yeah. around so much high-level football.
5: I think I was, uh, mista- I was mistaken. Josh Norman did play. I said he didn't play the last year. He hasn't <laughs> played this season. He did play for San sure. Francisco, like you guys said. He had seven forced fumbles. The old Peanut Tillman veteran edition.
6: Do you you want to hear something? So number one, um, going against the Cardinals secondary and doing what Tom Brady did is just laughable. I want. I want. I heard a stat today, um, and this is a mind blowing stat at one point i think it was probably about pretty much at the end of the third quarter tom brady had thrown for like 210 yards 202 of that was yards after the catch holy cow so, so what that need what that should tell you is he literally was throwing screen pass after screen pass after screen pass after screen pass for multiple reasons number 1 if you look at brady's arm he has not got the same level of talent with his arm that he's had in, in recent years, True. first and foremost. I mean, it's it's just he's overthrowing people, underthrowing people. He's just not making correct reads. He's not the same Tom Brady. All right, that, that out of the way. Number two, he doesn't have an offensive line, which means our defensive line is going to get home very quickly, which is why they're getting the ball out quickly. I think having a veteran presence like Josh Norman is going to be able to see that, recognize that, and we've seen it in 2015. He jumped a lot of routes. He jumped at least two and took him to the house for pick sixes. You know, so we we there is some opportunity here, and we've got to do what we need. To, like, so one of the things that we know is going to be the case. We 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 failed against the Bengals. They don't have a good offensive line. We do not need to be playing off man. We do not need to be playing off man because that is going to give the ball game to the Bucks. We cannot play into their hands that way. We need to play up, man-to-man press coverage. <laughs> I mean, just off the line at least, and then you can drop back into cover whatever you need to do. But um, you need to you need to not let those easy uh, easy receptions come into play because that is where I think he you know Tom Brady can gash you. Um, so we gotta gotta take away his first read so our our our, our line can get to him.
1: Yeah, and have real quick before I forget about it. Thank you to Stephen Lane for the 199 love bomb. Says a nice hello and a nice wave to everybody. (laughs) We appreciate you, Stephen Lane. Um, And I wanted to ask you guys, before we brush past it, um, you know, J.C. Horn did have the surgery today, but they're not going to comment yet as to whether or not he's going to return or not. And it's funny because you think of Thomas Davis in that 2015 Mm -hmm. season, right? Broke his arm in the NFC championship game. He basically told him, Hey, man, take that bitch up. I ain't missing the Super Bowl, man. We got stuff to do. I wonder if JC Horn will be in the position to do the same thing. Um, you know, I, I know the uh, defensive back uses your hands a lot more than a linebacker does, I would think. Uh, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you hopeful that JC Horn comes back or do you think this is the last? That we have said, I um, think he comes back,
6: especially if we if we win this game. Number one, they're not ruling him out for this week either. By the way, like they haven't. Like Steve Wilkes wouldn't say that he's not going to play this week. Um, that'd be fucking asinine if he comes in and he plays. But nonetheless, they they haven't said that he's going to miss. But if we win this game, I am telling you with the utmost certainty, and barring some crazy situation, he is going to play for this team again if we make it to the play if we beat this if we beat the bucks this week he might make a push to play against the saints um it's 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 going to be tough because he's not going to be able to have that uh the the ability to catch the balls as easily it's still going to be there potentially but it's not going to be as uh as as guaranteed as it would otherwise but this isn't a foot injury this isn't a leg injury this isn't something that is going to be uh in, impacting his ability to run with receivers um, it's not going to impact his reach. He's going to still be able to have the same reach, if not, maybe a little bit longer if they put a cast on there. Um, sure. I'm confident, man, he can come in and play and, 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 and do, uh, just as good a job as he's doing, you know, he had been doing all year. Um, I want to, I don't want to pivot too much, but I think it's important that we talk about this past week. Um, the, the defense is a, is a question mark, but I'm telling you right now, I am so, I'm so sold on what our offense did. I want, I want, there's another thing that you guys need to keep in mind with this way, the way this offense played. We had more 20-yard plays than the in one game than the NFL has seen in 10 years.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's unreal. It's unreal that we're talking about the same team that we were watching at the start of this year.
6: But and here's the, the thing.
4: That
1: did that.
6: There was some runs, but a lot of it was the passing game. Sam Darnold was fucking balling out. I do not want any like here's the thing, I'm not I'm not crowning the guy, but it is hard to argue with what he's put on tape in the past 4 weeks. Even in that loss against the Steelers, Sam Darnold was not the reason we lost. He played right. very good in that game. Uh and so when you combine four games now, we have four games uh of of Sam Darnold doing things. He hasn't thrown the ball, he hasn't thrown a pick. This is the first time in, in in this many games he hasn't thrown a pick. He's got over a hundred quarterback rating. Um, he's pushing a thousand yards in just the four games that he's played. Um, if if you if you trend over that that four games, what he would be playing, what his stats would be at the end of the year if he had played all seventeen, this dude would actually have been like a top ten quarterback from a stats perspective. Like that's yeah. just something to keep in mind. I mean, and that's I, I know it's hard to say that because. Sam Darnold is, uh, is, is, it's only four games, right? And who have we played? Who has he played, right? It's, I get those questions, but we have played the Seahawks. We have played the Steelers who have a good defense. Um, we played the, 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 the Broncos who have a good defense, regardless of what happened this past week, um, yeah. with, uh, with the Rams. That had more to do with the fact that Russell Wilson looks like absolute fucking garbage. Ass. Um like three or four picks that gave them just perfect, you know, it was amazing, right? They had every situation set up for them. Um so this the Broncos defense was torched because of their their offense inability to actually do anything. Um so I mean, we went up against good defenses and Sam Darnold played a, a pretty good game against all of them. Um yeah. they didn't ask him to do too much early on, but the past two games he has been He's thrown the ball down the field and he's connected on a lot of those deep passes.
1: I think that so much of Sam Darnold, the opinion on him was painted by last year. And the fact that we didn't draft Justin Fields and we went with Sam Darnold and he was not good last year. And everybody wants to continue to keep the same opinion. Let me not say everyone, (laughs) but it, 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 it frustrates me when I see it from other Panther fans. Not wanting to give Sam Darnold the credit that he deserves for playing so much better than he has last year. Look, for, be where your feet are. Forget about next year. Forget about the future of the franchise. Right now, Sam Darnold is our quarterback, and he has done more than we ever imagined that he could have for this Carolina Panthers team. I thought that PJ Walker was going to end up having the best performances of the year by a Carolina Panther quarterback. And I believe that wasn't going to change. But, dude, Sam Darnold has changed my mind, feared the beard. He has grown the beard out. He's feeling confident in his own abilities and what he's able to do. And the most important thing is that we're we're still not asking him to do a ton. And part of that is because – the Panthers, and I don't care what anyone says, I believe the Panthers have the best rushing attack in the NFL right now. When we're <laughs> firing, Tony, when we're firing on all cylinders, I dare you to name a team that is running the football better than the Carolina Panthers. I'm telling you, that don't exist.
5: All right. Um, look, uh, I think... Uh... Sam, you know, look, is what you're with Sam Darnold. You're seeing what the rush of the Internet does at times. And that is to make declarations uh, that, you know, put bookmark or embarks or bookends on people's careers prematurely. You know, so, I mean, like, is that we, people just said Sam Darnold's a bum instead of saying he didn't play well last year. And neither, no one on the team did, suffered injury a disaster of a situation I'm not ready to look is that I think that Sam Darnold has done a great job with the moment he's been given, you know, is he's not gotten out over his skis. He has not turned the ball over and you're right. They have not asked him to do a lot and that's a good thing, you know, and we shouldn't like really diss on him either because he's got a good offensive line and the run game is doing well. Thank goodness. I mean, in fact, this is actually what having a well-balanced team and the offense can do for you is we bludgeoned them in the first half of that game, just gashing big run after big run after big run. And we they came out and the the game was what, within two scores when we opened the second half, I think. Right. Um so it's not out of hands. It felt higher because it was a 14 point lead, but, or a right. 16 point lead, but it's still two scores Two. I mean, like it's not, there's time. And uh, what they did is, is they came out in the third quarter and had to sell out against the run. And that's when they hit them over the top with the DJ play. Yeah. And that single coverage down the same. Like wasn't he DJ? This is what's been awesome about some of these deep run, runs. Runs. By Terrace Marshall Jr. or DJ, they don't even make a move on the guy. They just run straight, and it's because the rest of the team is so worried about the run. Right. That it's just like, oh man, just air it out, and I just got to outrun this fool. Um, so look, is uh, I'm happy for Sam Darnold. This is actually the Sam Darnold we had hoped.
1: We would be hitting when we last died. year.
5: Yeah, is like is that it was like oh, you give him a running attack with Christian McCaffrey, you ba ba you know, and like uh, and all of this, and really it just comes down to that team was a fucking mess last year, man, and it was a mess earlier this year. Sure. Yes, let's be honest, is that despite. Us being the the greatest part about us having hope on this podcast right now on 12-27-22 is that getting. six weeks ago or eight well like before at the end of the Matt Rule era it felt like a big bucket of turd like it was just like you I mean th- like that house is burning down emo- you know emoji where the guy's just sitting in there and the whole house it feels <laughs> like the um, there's an old Dr. Seuss book where, uh, god, what is the one where the, the thing one and thing two, yeah, thing one and thing two come in and ruin the house, and like it's like, you're like, the parents are pulling up the driveway, and the whole house is disaster inside. It was a fucking mess just six weeks ago. Bad. Um, Bad. So I think that that's what's awesome about this story with Sam Darnold and this team is right. like how What a completely different product it is from the running attack, from the game, the everything, everything has been better. And I think that just kind of goes to show and let's go ahead and pull up that, uh, Wilkes, Derek Brown comment. These guys are noticing this
9: The guys
5: are recognizing this. And Derek Brown today on good morning football said, quote, I'll speak for everybody in that locker room. And say that we want Wilkes to be our next head coach. The Carolina Panthers. I look as someone in the chat said, "Oh, you you guys." I remember distinctly people on this podcast saying they were gonna the Lions were gonna run us. Really, no one had a the Panthers beating the Lions. They weren't favored in the game. Right. So it is an upset in in theory. You had a team that had won five or six out of their last seven or five out of their last six or whatever whatever it was. There was really not a lot of evidence to point to the Carolina Panthers saying, other than thinking with your heart instead of your head, to say, oh, we should just pick the Panthers. The Panthers, though, have locked arms this season. Yeah, And much like Jonathan Stewart, man, doesn't it come kind of circle back to that Jonathan Stewart interview we had, guys, where he talked about no one else believing you, everybody else giving up on you, and you're in that locker room, and you believe in you, though, and Wilkes knows how to tap into that. And I think he's got these guys believing in themselves.
1: Oh, absolutely. I have said earlier this year, I don't know what other coach could have come in and taken this band of misfit toys and turned them around into the badasses that we're looking at on the field right now. It's like the
5: Bad News Bears.
1: Yeah, this team (laughs) is believing in itself. Mighty Ducks. And it's because of Steve Wilkes. I Mm -hmm. mean, listen, you can go up and down the board. Everyone that we have wanted more from, we have can't come under Steve Wilkes. Chuba Hubbard has had better performances under Steve Wilkes. Hey, Terrace Marshall Jr. is now looking looking like the guy that we drafted him to be the long, tall receiver that can go up and make a play, but is also fast down the field, has been spectacular. Say what you want, Tony, but even my man Shia Smith Keeps on trending up as well. I think that it, it it's a sign of a good head coach when you have a bunch of players that we didn't believe in before. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking like legitimate pieces that are going to help us compete for the NFC Championship. I, I think you have to give Steve Oaks the job. Technically, right now, the Carolina Panthers have to interview two other minority head coach or head coaching candidates if they're on other teams you're not allowed to meet with those coaches until after the wild card matches are over so around I would say sometime around this time next month we're gonna know for sure whether the Panthers are gonna go with Steve Wilkes or hire a new head coach Uh, I gotta be honest if David Tepper decided to go with another head coach in spite of Steve Wilkes over everything that he has done might be the most tone-deaf move that he could possibly make as the owner of the Carolina Panthers. I think the answer is clear. Pretty much no matter what happens from here on out, Tony. I mean I know that that's a lot because even if we look terrible in the last two games, you know, you want to know what we do in those two performances first. But I wanna see Steve have an <laughs> off season, a draft and a free agency to build this team the way that he wants to. And I think that he has earned that right.
5: Yeah, we've talked about the Wilkes stuff a lot uh, on this podcast. And, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, it felt like at times that he had done already enough to secure things. The Pittsburgh Steelers loss at home in a in a moment where you really needed a win. Um, and would have been very helpful going into this week uh, to control your own destiny going into the playoffs. That one was a sobering loss that may have told us that we need to think with our head and not our heart, and at least uh, not only, but I mean, consider other candidates potentially, maybe I guess. Uh, but what what I also said on this podcast last week is that you could tell that Wilkes knows that these games right now that he's coaching are more important than any interview that he's going to do in two months are and right now uh each game that he wins it makes it harder and harder like you said for any other candidate to be a realistic option and it would just have to be already I think at this point it would have to be right now a splashy splashy name to the effect of like a Harbaugh or a Payton or a Sean Payton which I don't think any of those could I don't think the Sean Payton could happen so we don't even need to get into that but like it would take a name that came with that had a certain pizzazz, panache, whatever, whatever the word is, you, to make this Wilkes case go away. And I just don't think it, it can. I mean, this guy's I, done a
6: lot. If it was anybody, it, it, even if it was Sean Payton, if you went with anybody that's that's not Steve Wilkes and they happen to be white, you are in trouble. Uh, Yeah, especially after what you're seeing Wilkes do this year. Like, that's the thing is it'd be different if Wilkes wasn't like coaching his ass off. If he didn't have these teams uh, playing with every these players playing with every fiber of their being, like trying to come out there and do things in a lost season that people thought we were tanking. These guys have come out here and turned it around. They have looked competent in pretty much every level of football that you can ask for. Even the parts that we have been the most critical of. We have looked competent. Um, Hell, we even want to go as far as looking at Corey Littleton. If you look at his PFF, like, I know he's not making splash plays, but the dude is a solid linebacker for us. Well, Uh, it's
5: been good. We haven't said the linebackers' names a lot, which is maybe a a good thing and a bad thing. No, it's a good thing. At least they're not playing well. Yeah. Whenever we say their names, it
1: means they're fucking up pretty hard.
5: Right. I mean, and look, uh, even Xavier Woods was out there wrecking people in this game dude it was awesome but you're right as wilkes uh, it would be bizarre uh i mean like is it would be a crazy story for him to not get this job right now yeah the only thing i want to see right now and it's not i don't even care about even thinking about the coach at this point i need two weeks in a row of this play together
6: we did get it. We got it two weeks in a row with the Bucks or the the, the Broncos and the right. Seahawks.
5: I need it now when it matters. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? Like you, it's like, Good God. I mean, and not that I care that like if we don't get it, it's gonna give me any caution or pause. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I just need yeah. us to have this game again next week against the damn Buccaneers. Yeah. So we could get in the damn playoffs. And that we can give a good kind of segue to our next topic. The Carolina Panthers are gonna be hosting. I mean, not hosted. It's uh, Are we road. on the road in this game? Yeah, yeah. we're on the
1: road. We
5: we so we're going on. to Tampa. Wilkes on the road with this team.
1: Yeah, continuing
5: playoff. his audition for the head coaching position. And <clears> you go <throat> and win this game, and you're thinking another nail in the coffin of Matt Rule and David, like, or whatever. What I'm trying to say is this, is it's a spike that dang, Steve Wilkes is driving into the ground and getting into the playoffs is the spike all the way completed right like that golden spike they did at whatever what was the name of the uh, where they joined the transcontinental railroad like they hit it with a silver hammer we're gonna have wilks hit it with a silver hammer if we if we make the playoffs and he's got to beat the bucks because if the bucks beat us next week they'd clinch. It's,
6: yeah. uh, they clinch. yeah they win the division
5: they win the I, division, right? Or yeah, uh, they all, beat, all if, into yeah, the
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. If they beat,
5: I think beat they win us, the division.
1: They have, enough. however, so if they beat us, they win the division. If we yeah. beat them, we still haven't necessarily won the division yet. Right. We would have because to they would, win, we, and
6: then we lose, and you well, know.
1: and the, and <clears> the Saints play into this too. The Saints play Philly. If if for whatever reason the Saints do beat Philadelphia, then. Uh, that would mean the final game of the season would be determining who the winner of the NFC South is between us and the Saints.
5: If we uh, don't win this week, we don't have a chance. Right. Every playoffs. game uh, that we is. play,
1: every single game that the Carolina Panthers play from here on out is move it or lose it, baby. We have to have it. It's playoff football. And and look at here. We're the betting underdog on the road right now, 13 and was...
5: a half points. Yeah, no, that's no. insane. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so... no
6: way that's the case. They're favored.
5: I looked it according up according right to this show. graphic. I'm gonna check one. I'll check, There's because
6: it went down to three and a half after, um, because we it opened up in five and a half.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I, and a I, half I told... You should run out and buy those right yeah, now. Yeah, you should
6: get that immediately. That's that's basically ago, that's like that would be the the. I feel like that would be the type of spread that you would see when the Houston Texans play the uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs.
5: <laughs> the bucket. Oh, according to SI Sportsbook, the Buccaneers are three-point favorites with the total currently set at thirty-nine and a half for the over/under wonder where the hell that 13 and a half spread came from.
1: I mean, I pulled this up on, it was like uh, one of the top search results. And, wow. and this popped up. Uh, either way, we are underdogs in this performance. Like Three we are right and, now. Yeah. They're saying that the Panthers are the underdogs, which by the way, I love. Literally every circumstance that we wanted happened for us. We're not playing in prime time, which is, you know, the Panthers have traditionally not been good in prime time spots. There were rumors that they were going to flex us up, and uh, that ended up not being the case. The Fox protected our game, and uh, the fact that we're underdogs, the Panthers always play better when we're the underdogs. So to me this is absolutely perfect for us, man. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of feel CK like, yeah, they're getting home field advantage, but they're also getting the Tom Brady advantage. Yeah. Like just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Which, you know, I understand it's Tom Brady. But I just I, I but right now I don't see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do on paper that's supposed to threaten us. Maybe if you say, well, there's no J.C. Horn out there, so maybe that means they get their passing attack uh, going. But another important thing to point out in the trenches, they're not going to have Vita Vea. At least it's looking like they're not going to have Vita Vea. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are down to their third-ring left tackle. Like They are so injured on their offensive line. We have so many opportunities to play aggressive, get after the quarterback, and whip up on their asses, man. This is a golden opportunity for us to submit that we deserve to win the NFC South.
6: Yeah, I, I, there's there's no lies detected there, man. I, I think that this is an opportunity to prove it, right? Um I don't know that we've proven that we deserve it yet. We've we've proven that we have fight in us, right? As as a as a Panthers team but have have we shown that McAdoo can out-coach the, some of the top defensive coordinators in the league? Now, I know we're not necessarily doing that here, but w- we can't say that we have, without a shadow of a doubt, proven that we deserve to win the NFC South title. This is an opportunity for us to turn the tides, make a, not even just a win, but a a convincing win. I think that's an important part to this. We need to have a convincing win. Uh, So that people are talking about the Panthers as being actual contenders and not coming into the playoffs with a 13 point underdog uh, mentality uh, at home against somebody like the Cowboys.
5: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, that would stink. But look, uh, if there's a time to do it, it's here. Yeah, Uh, Tom Brady is dead and i probably i don't i hope i didn't jinx us by saying that but they really have not been able since like week 6 to do anything on offense right. if even i mean it is just the only thing that they have right now this is how they've won any of their games in the last 6 weeks it feels like or really any of their games all season is it's been within one score they get the ball back at the end of the game, and Tom Brady takes him into a two-minute drill, and they go hurry up the whole time. They don't allow any defensive substitutions. And Tom Brady just because of his understanding of the football game, dissects you enough to move the ball down the field and get whatever you need. Um, and he has the the clutch gene that makes it so yeah. like there's 40 seconds left. He's like, I can do this. Um, I mean, even if you look at what he did in overtime, he stunk against the Cardinals and then he goes six for six in overtime to just, what do they need? A field goal, you know? And, uh, so what we need to do is be up by more than two scores at the end of the game. And, uh, it would be nice for us to have the last possession of the game. That's what you really could is like is we need to pull one of those Pittsburgh Steeler fourth quarter, third quarters that they did to us. And we just need to do that to Tom Brady. It's just keep his ass on the sideline. The thing is, is that the Buccaneers run defense has been better than their passing defense, at least from when I've watched them. Their linebackers are playing hard, bro. Like their defense has been out there trying and that offense just hasn't done shit. Um, yeah. so I don't think it's not going to be a rollover. This is certainly, um, I, do you feel like we are underdogs? I think we should be underdogs,
6: right? I think we I deserve think that, to be underdogs because yeah. we have a worse record, but, um, and we have, uh, Sam Darnold that nobody's going to see as a, uh, quality, you know, quarterback until he's done something more than just four games. Uh, Sam Darnold's put far more worse tape out there than he's put good tape out there. Yeah, but
5: three points, I think, is fair. You know what I'm saying? It's their home field. They've got Tom Brady. They've got a better record. But we've beat them this year. Yep. Tom Brady is not Tom Brady. And the Carolina Panthers don't want to quit. The the Bucs don't want to win the division, and we don't want to give up. Right. That's how it feels like to me. The Carolina Panthers need to... Defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, however, if they are going to uh, have a chance to continue this kind of story. I'll ask you one question before this uh, this fairy tale, in a way. If the Panthers win Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what are your feelings after the game? How does that change? I mean, obviously, if we lose, we don't have any chance of making the playoffs right right? like and that's really the end of the season sure how much does one win continue this role for us do we just come in here next week and say hey man one more game to win we're still in this or do you are you more excited
6: than you think you should be if we lose if we win by three points and the score is three zero i'm not excited
5: (laughs) okay um
6: but if we come in here and we do another thing like we did to Tom Brady and go 21 and 3 uh a 21 to 3 against them then I'm I'm all in dude I am ready to say that this team can go head to head with any team especially if JC Horns back in the squad uh, our defensive line is, has been uh, playing much better improved much more improved um that Steelers game was an anomaly um I think that there's i i don't know i think that some of these bad losses can lead to a lot more learning experiences than just us being a bad team um i think these guys are young and are going to learn from all of that so yeah it just depends upon how what the what the result really is the win is is important but how we win is why i say we need to be more than just uh you know do uh, just a win right we need to have it be convincing so nobody's sitting there saying the Panthers don't deserve, like I what I don't want to have happen, and it's already just being, you know, discussed similar to our 2014 season is we don't deserve to be there because we had a negative record, negative record. And I just don't think that's fair. When you look at how many teams are seven and seven or seven and eight and eight and seven, like there's a lot of people in that same category. We're not that far away. And quite honestly, we're a few bad calls um, and one missed kick away from being a, uh, a a real contender in in people's eyes,
5: <clears throat> um Cody, what are you what are you coming in here firing away on? If we beat the Bucks on Sunday, in the post game, you coming up here going, man, we're winning the Super Bowl. I feel like Cody's gonna be real pumped.
1: <clears throat> oh man, I'm definitely gonna be real pumped. I I'm like, dude, I, I'm telling you, man, I'm also feeling good about Sam Darnold. Like, I feel like this dude was drafted high for a reason. He was drafted with the third overall pick. And when you don't play behind good offensive lines and and you don't have a good coach, yeah, you're not necessarily going to be able to play good football. Um, I'm not saying a long-term future, but I think, dude, if we're going to be going to the playoffs, I think you start to have to take a meaningful look at having Sam back in some capacity next year. And, and like, here's what I'm going to do. And this is what I think we as Panther fans should do because we owe ourselves. Let's not live in the future. Let's not live in the past. Let's be where our feet are right here, right now. And let's focus on the game in front of us. Let's not put one, you know, uh, put one thing in front of the other. We have to be ready for this moment. And I think that we're going to be ready against Tampa, and I think we're going to be ready against New Orleans. So mm-hmm. yeah, if we if we get that W, hell yeah, dude, we are, we're we're, we're turned up, and I think we're uh, we're all ordering uh, NFC South champion T-shirts uh, probably the next week after that.
6: Not
5: wrong um you know what i'm gonna kind of uh do a bypass real quick we'll do sub shame after this let's go into a prize picks real quick uh just because look a couple of things is prize picks uh thanks for the sponsorship for the c3 panthers podcast uh it's a great way to play daily fantasy football sports um you can go in there and you can place entries on any type of player props from or um uh from basketball to football to MMA to gaming. Uh, And they have all kinds of deals. They had a lot of great deals when it came to the Christmas time. And right now with the Hornets on the board here, uh, the Hornets are about to uh, tip off in 11 minutes and 27 seconds. Uh, LaMelo Ball is the Taco Tuesday play here where you get a discount of five points here, which is 21% off. And uh, there's no Steph Curry tonight. So I'm going to do a wild basketball. I'm feeling edgy right now. It's going to be all on the Charlotte Hornets game. And it's going to be for a high-scoring game right here because the Hornets have zero defense. I'm going to go Klay Thompson more than 23.5. LaMelo Ball more than 18.5. Jordan Poole more than 27.5. Draymond Green, more than seven and a half. And Terry Rozier, more than 20 and a half. It's going to be 120 to 110 game right here. I'm going to put $10 on this entry right here. I could do two things. I could flex play this uh, and hit. Wow. I wanted to do the power play. Can I not do a power play? I want to do the power play. Well, a flex play right here. Why did I not do I swear. Can you not do it with a Taco Tuesday pick, maybe? I don't know. We'll have to have white chocolate espresso. My son helped me coach me through this. My illegitimate son, who has been balling out on a heater on prize picks, cooled off a little bit. We'll pick around just this real quick. We'll put, pick in and see if any of the Panthers – lines are up now if you go to prize picks what you can do you can play fan daily fantasy football sports and with real money in a secure way and make a a lot of money and it's a great time doing it. we've had a ton of fun doing it but you got to do this you got to use the promo code c3 if you use the promo code c3 and you go to prize picks guys they're going to match your first time deposit bonus right or the first time deposit up to a hundred dollars with a hundred dollars. So you put in a hundred dollars, they'll they'll give you a hundred dollars of promo funds. They get fifty dollars, they'll give you fifty dollars of promo funds. You use the promo code C three, you can go and play daily daily fantasy football sports. Uh, and it's a great time and make a ton of money, like ch- white chocolate espresso, like my boy Kev has. Use the promo code C3. Let's just take a pick real quick at the stats for the fantasy for the uh Panthers game. We'll clear this up. I'll show you guys how I did. I had some okay wins. And by the way, you want to talk about a guy <clears> stinking <throat> who I fucking hate is Russell Wilson. Russell, Russell Wilson. I'll, um, Is that Russell Wilson finished three yards short of 200. And, he had 214 yards. He needed four yards. 217 and a half. I would have had my Christmas pick. I had a free, free square Hit him. I would have turned my five, my twenty dollars into sixty dollars. But instead, he had to count his bathrooms instead of fucking making completing passes. Russell Wilson, you stink, dude. The whole game was stacked. You were being blown out, dude. I was like, man, I'm gonna get this number. They're just gonna be throwing the ball, and it's st- he started making completions and all of this, and then he <clears> just <throat> stunk it up. But the Carolina Panthers right now, what happened to my players? Where'd they go?
4: See here. Yeah, by the way our
1: man drew says uh if he if he's not mistaken tony you can go power play up to four players after that you have to go flex pay
5: okay all right so because i went five and went wild hey um here we go is uh, dj moore 58 and a half receiving yards will he do more or less deontay foreman 63 and a half rushing yards more or less and uh sam darnold's with 190 uh 0.5 passing yards which one is the bait and the trick and the switch now you do get better numbers early in the week i promise you this deontay foreman number is going to creep up by friday when you go on to friday free for all cody lashley remember this yeah 63 yeah, and yeah. a half because people are going <laughs> to start playing the more on this and they're going to try to balance the money out there um hit that dj
1: more hit that hold on on, hit the dj more let me see how many times dude listen him and sam i'm telling you they have formed a great connection Uh, they don't have any
5: secondary either
1: right i i really like that dj more uh pick right there man
5: um Tom um, Brady, 265 and a half yards. Mike Evans, 55 and a half. Chris Godwin, 63 and a half. I mean, Tom Brady, I bet you he gets sick 265 every week. It's like. He's uh, damn near. Yeah. If it doesn't. I mean, hit, they just throw the ball a fire. ton. They throw the ball a ton. Yeah,
6: they don't have. Yeah. They have barely any run game. Everybody wants to talk about Lenny how he had a great game yesterday uh his 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 or this past week it's been absolutely horrendous like he had nine receptions for 90 yards that was don't his biggest
1: i i don't think i'll let you do that by the way do an offense on both uh sides of the same game let's see it
6: i think yeah i, I don't know about that I don't, i'm I not that, sure
5: oh 4.99 somehow i put 4.99 i want to put five dollars Yep. Oh. Okay. Maybe. Um. So that. Oh, did I do power play or flex? Uh, power play. I think. Oof. Um. <clears throat> I'm probably gonna redo this and put in a flex. What do you guys think about these numbers, real quick?
1: Uh, I like DJ more. Do you think they like could him.
5: add Foreman for more here too, 63 and a half? Or do you think they're going to just key in on him?
1: I would probably feel better with Foreman. And I do think DJ will get it, but I, dude, they're rushing the football. And the way that Foreman's been playing, it's 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 hard not to pick him, man. It it, it really is.
4: You oh, not White Shark like G- expressive.
1: Espresso uh, figured out that a good way to win, pick up on them kickers, baby. Them kickers are money if you can get some good ones. Um, hmm. dang, none of ours, but I would
5: say Foreman. Let's see, is it only see? It's so early in the week, we yeah. don't get as many options here. We'll pick We're around on Friday. Um, yeah, Deshaun Watson 220. I don't like that. Two four, oh Trevor Lawrence 240. Like that number. Um Daniel Jones, two hundred. Gosh, Russell Wilson. You think he's going to have a good game at the end of the season with an interim no. head coach? They fired their coach.
1: I don't. I got to stop messing uh, with him.
5: I got to stop messing with him. No, you have to stay away from that man. Yeah, uh, Trevor. Uh, who's Trevor playing? The Texans. Oh
1: yeah, dude. You definitely go with Trevor.
5: I know. I'm into uh, that. Yeah. Oh, what about uh Aaron
1: Rodgers plays the Lions?
5: 230. Kenny Pickett's back against Baltimore. Uh,
1: I would say Rodgers over Detroit more than
5: I'd like uh I like Baltimore. this Kirk Cousins number more here. Go more, more. who are more more they playing?
10: Green
5: uh Green Bay.
10: Green.
5: Sunday, January first.
1: It's, it's Minnesota oh. and uh and Green Bay.
4: Yeah. I, like this.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, right now the Packers are playing good football.
5: All right. Uh, don't forget, you can play daily fantasy football sports using prize picks if you go to Prize Picks and use the promo code C3. Don't forget to use the promo code C3. They sponsor this podcast and they keep up with how many signups we have. Uh, and that continues to help us make an argument for them. sponsor us in the future and it's just been incredibly fun it's been so much fun that we even have like side threads where people are sharing their uh their their entries should we Mm -hmm. say uh and we get to watch uh people with the big cojones like my uh illegitimate son pull in some big money was one play away from hitting the thousand dollar one just the other day man so we're going to hit one of those big ones one day where we just hit the incredibly big one. Just like one day Cody Lashney's going to unfreeze. He is starting to. He's coming back to life. Welcome back. Just like what? your camera. You you were yeah. frozen. You were frozen. <laughs> I was frozen? Frozen in time. Oh. Well. So, uh know. shame on your camera. Shame, 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 Cody Lashney.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh The shame is not on me The shame Is not on you Tony The shame Is not on you CK The shame Is on all these Freaks in the chat Who come here To get shamed You already know what to do Two more big papa
6: Ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls off the heels of a record-breaking performance, a a once-in-a-decade performance by any team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers have kept hope alive. They have found a way to creep into your hearts, to creep into your minds, to maybe become the team of destiny. And when you come here to hear the panel talk about the Carolina Panthers, to, to hear everybody Show excitement and elation for what what we have going forward? But you haven't hit that like button yet. Surprise, surprise. I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty s***. You shouldn't do that to somebody.
1: Hey, sometimes I hit the wrong button. 175. Shame on you. 80 thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Listen, if nothing else, hit that like because you don't have to hear us moan and complain about the draft. Normally, we're talking about, oh, who we're drafting uh, come April. Dude, we don't give a damn about that shit, fool. We're playing meaningful fucking football. The Carolina Panthers are fighting for this fucking division. And if you have any love for this Panthers football, hit that subscribe because we're out here 24-7, you know, 365 days. We do this Panthers content. If you appreciate that, hit the like, hit the subscribe. A few more things to get into, uh, and then we'll jump into those cat calls. Look, if things weren't synchronous enough, our very own Greg Olson is going to be calling this showdown uh, with the return of Josh Norman. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's like the stars are starting to align for the Carolina Panthers.
5: I told you, man, uh, I'm ready for us if we make the playoffs, dude, for Greg Olson to be calling the game. Like, uh, that mean, there's a good chance yeah. that this game is on Fox and this is the crew. Yeah. So, um, yeah, is uh, Greg Olson coming back home? He's going to be able to talk about Josh Norman being back. Uh, whether or not Josh Norman is playing or not, we'll see um, this week. But is go ahead and tell you this. Go ahead and cue up. This is what we get to hear. Thankfully, instead of hearing stupid Rondé Barber talking, whatever he's going to talk or uh, who's the who's the other guy, which I actually like this guy, the former Saints player. Oh, I can't stand that dude. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. What's his name? name? Uh, Hold on. Chat. Chat. Help us out. Chat. Help us out. Now, he's not terrible. Ronde Barber is the one that I hate is that you just hate him. He's always
6: dogging on the Panthers. Always
5: because he got mashed by Jay Stu, right? Remember that game? Mm-hmm. Just destroyed, which would be perfect for this game because Velma. For, Velma. Jo- Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Vilma. Vilma. Yeah, I don't think Thank Vilma's <laughs> that bad. I don't I don't hate him like a Ronde Barber. But this now, here's a little taste of the medicine, folks. Here. Payback is a bitch, Buccaneer fans. We're not gonna have to hear only about Tom Brady and sucking on the balls of Tom Brady and all of this, whatever it is. We're gonna get to hear this. Steve Wilkes has got this team playing hard, guys. And I tell you this: there's a lot of this reminds me a lot of the 2014 season when the Carolina Panthers rallied around, uh, and back and made a wild card playoff. I hear it myself echo, by the way, now. But uh, wild card playoff debut, home game. Steve Wilkes was part of that team. He knows the culture. He was here in 2015. I I was part of those playoff runs. This is excitement. It's palpable in the air. You get to hear all of that. You're going to get to hear a Panther perspective on the call, not just Tom Brady, Tom Brady, fourth quarter, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Come on, baby. Steve Wilkes. He's got a personal connection to Steve Wilkes in this team. Hell, he might even be talking about, I was so excited. I'm so excited. I might go strap up there and go help him right now. Steve Smith out there tweeting about how he might come help. Trey Boston, all these guys. There's a great tweet running around where somebody <laughs> did like uh, the Avengers endgame and they put all the yeah. <laughs> players on it. it. Like, yeah, it was fantastic. So, um. Yeah, man, this is awesome. And this is what's great about, I don't know, is somebody put this in the chat room. They said, let's help this podcast get to 5,000 subscribers. We're at, we just hit over 4,700 right now, which yep. uh we've had a big season. We were trying to get to 4,000 at the beginning of the season, and we felt like we were 300 away from 4,000. It felt like a
6: no, I thought we were trying to get to 3,000 before the season. No, nah, I think it was four
5: yeah it i think was it was four. four was it but it felt like those final 700 the 300 the final 300 was like climbing mount everest of subscribers and we just went on uh well first we're on we we just show up we continue to talk so you like if you like <laughs> listen about the carolina panthers we are the people that just keep making the videos whether they're good or not we still do we them, never so.
1: shut up about the Carolina Panthers.
5: Uh, it is the longest-running Panthers podcast for a reason, we don't shut up. But um, one of the things, though, that I've gotten to see as I've built or worked to build whatever this podcast is, this community is, um, and you, I went back and watched one of our early, my earliest videos from, like, 2013, and it's so ridiculous. It's like... Gosh. I mean, but like we were really searching for what the internet was good. like. Live streaming was so new. So this and that. And so you're kind of trying no. to figure it out. You're learning what you want to be and making it all at the same time. But one of the things I've gotten to do over the last 10 years of doing this podcast is one of the things I'm ready to do is usher in. A era of culture for fans and not that I'm going to create it, but like we are getting second generation fans now. We're getting kids who grew up as Panther fans. Their parents were Panther fans. And that was the thing that we didn't have for a long time. We didn't have a history. We didn't have a lure. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, as you think about this, is you didn't wa- grow up watching Panther games with your grandpa. But my kids are going to see me watching. You know, they grew up watching Panther games with me. My grandkids are going to watch. like So You're we're building this <coughs> history together. And what's been really neat about people like Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Steve Smith, uh, I mean, I guess Cam Newton you can put in there in some ways, is as they've moved on to the next phase of their career, the connection with the Panthers is now existent. Yeah, And we get reminded of it. We have these signposts of our history out there, these mile markers, these plaques out there that we just didn't have. You Know you didn't go, oh, there's Steve Berline on the call this week. He played for the Panthers. Yeah. 10 years ago, yeah. you didn't have this connection to the larger NFL world that Steve Smith and now uh Greg Olson are starting to deliver for us.
1: Yeah, I, dude, and do and such a it's a joy to hear him call a game for a team that you know he loves. You know, I, I mean, he's yeah, someone put in right. the chat. He's going to he's going to be fighting his rhythm all, all game, which I love, dude. Uh, it, it's going to be good to hear maybe a little bit of homerism when we get that. From those, uh you know, broadcasters that are calling the game. Hey, uh, so I don't forget. Eric 37 says win or lose. It was fun to have something to play for again with the $5 love bomb. Thank you, Eric. And I think that's the sentiment, man. Dude, this season was the best season that we have been on the podcast. How about that? The fact that we're talking about being a playoff team late in December, come on. We haven't felt this in a long time. You know, I, I think the last few years have shown us that you cannot take winning for granted. You just can't because when you have 31 other football teams that are allocating resources and time and energy and effort into winning football games, you're not guaranteed to be in this spot. Look at some of those teams that have like the Browns and the Lions and formerly the bills that used to just be in purgatory <laughs> all the time, man, that could very much be us at at, at any point in time. So The fact that we're playing meaningful football, just enjoy it, man. That's why I said don't ask about what you believed Sam Darnold to be before the start of the season. Just worry about right now and how the Panthers are playing and enjoy these opportunities while you have them. Because, dude, if we're able – to talk about the home game, a literal home playoff game for the Carolina Panthers, that is going to feel like it's straight out of the fucking tone, brother.
5: Well, we had this same feeling in 2014. You know, we were able, this was the real first full year we did. The podcast was in 2014. And Joey and I were able to go on this run and have that level of, of excitement that, well, it was just nice that the season didn't end. Um, and you know, if we go and win this game against the Bucks, I asked you guys this I was like, what will you be your excitement? You know, how will you come in here after the show? What's what does that change? It's kind of an odd question because I'm just trying to think of like, how is this going to re temper my expectations or reorient them? But I think I'm going to go to this is I'm not going to even think about the playoff game, I'm just going to come in here on the post game show and say, This is we got another Tuesday. Of us not having to talk about the draft, not having to talk about the season being over. It has been incredible and frankly astonishing that yeah. we could have this conversation right now because um if you think about what has happened, just to put into this into context, some um, is the Carolina Panthers started out one and five. They fired their head coach, they released their they fired <laughs> their defensive coordinator. They then jettisoned a bunch of uh, other assistants and associates of Matt Rule, the Matt Fool, the OOU guys. They said, you're out of here. And on top of that, they traded their best player away in Christian McCaffrey, arguably their best player. They then uh, uh, traded away uh, a receiver who had been a big part of the kind of weekly offensive game plan, or at least had just been present, even (laughs) though he was a, a bum this year. And then to add to that, they've been through. F- they've had four different starting quarterbacks this year. I mean, one uh, not starting, four different quarterbacks in game. The uh, Eason guy or whatever his name was played in in the last quarter of a game. But they've had three different starting quarterbacks. And by the way, they've carouseled these. They didn't just go from one to the next one to the next one. It started one, then it went to PJ, then it went back to. Mayfield. Oh, and they trade. They released Baker Mayfield, who they traded away in the process. The idea that this team is stronger in week 16 or whatever it is right now, addition by subtraction at the greatest example, and uh, addition by addition of Steve Wilkes getting these boys to not quit and play like some damn men.
4: Yeah. It's incredible. I, it. I mean,
5: look, is, this podcast should not be the – there's 178 people. We had 200 people watching right now. It, on the trajectory of week six, we would have had five people. And not that – look, we got a great uh community. People show yep. up. But we do know that interest, particularly – imagine around the holidays. Like, you would not be thinking about the Carol. Like, this is mm. – it's incredible no. that we are actually having fun and not commiserating right now. We
1: started like 1 and 5. And we is- had Baker Mayfield as our quarterback. It, dude, it's it legit seems like 10 years ago. You know, so Dude, Well, it's it already so already funny
6: there. because it's it has been like an incredibly emotional roller coaster. Like, and I know yeah. that that's a bit of a a uh, cliche to say that, but when you think about where we were, we started out the season uh, with the highest of hopes. Like, many of us were saying we were going to win 10, 11 games, right, when we were looking at the schedule. That's we were just like
5: dumb preseason talk, though.
6: Right, but what, here's the thing. Is, that's what I'm saying is, like, we had hope, like many of us did. Now, I know you're going to – we can point to the people out there who are going to say, I knew we were going to suck, right. right? Well, let's be real about it. Everybody wants to have optimism about their team. I think there was real optimism. We thought that we fixed every weakness that we had on our team – Uh, in the in the draft and in the uh, in the outside of maybe the quarterback which was the biggest question mark but we we felt like we fixed we we addressed all of the needs that we had going into this season and we felt like we did a really good job addressing them and then we started the year out the way we did and it was disheartening to the largest extent
5: yeah by Um, week three it felt like it was over yeah, it felt, I felt like, like it, after that Giants game, I was like, "Man, <laughs> fire Matt rule today, dude."
6: Well, at least those were close game, close games, right? I-, I think it was after uh, maybe the um, I don't know, maybe the Forty Nine ers game uh, pushed me over the edge. Uh, well, it pushed David Tepper fire, over though. the uh, over the edge as well. Yeah. Um, it's just the embarrassing losses that we took. Right. That kind of made you feel like, uh, yeah, this isn't going. I mean, even after Steve Wilkes took the helm, we faced the Rams that next week. And that was a, a bit of a, uh, a bludgeoning, if you will. I know it doesn't like if you look at the scorecard, it doesn't sound like it doesn't seem like it was that big of a difference uh, or big of a bludgeoning. But it was a it was it was not a close game at all. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden things started to turn around. Um, and 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 yes, we've had bad losses along the way. We've had great wins. But I tell you what, I mean, many of us have, have even in those bad losses, come away with something positive to say uh, and and hopeful about the future of this team. I remember when we won against the Bucks, everybody was mad. Like, everybody was mad. Like, oh, I can't believe we just won. We should be tanking. We should be tanking. And I said, it's okay to be mad after this one. But with the next win, maybe not be as mad. And then the next win after that, maybe not be as mad. I did
5: lose two in a row after that. But there were so many games that we uh, imagine if Steve Wilkes would have been the coach from the beginning, we beat the Browns, we beat the giants. We beat well, the, the Falcons,
6: the, the loss to the Falcons didn't feel like a loss. Like it, it felt like we should, right. we should have won yeah, right. that. Right. Um, So, I mean, even if you think about it from that perspective, um, I don't, I personally don't believe uh, it just based on, I know the record says so, but uh, Steve Wilkes hasn't lost two games in a row yet, even though that the record will say that he has, He has not lost two back-to-back games yet.
5: I really only think that uh, since Wilkes has taken over, we've lost two games. And I know that the record is not two games. Right? That's not what I'm saying. But like you're saying. You can't count the Rams one. Right. You know, is that... that. One
6: week of of preparation. And
5: they didn't even...
1: Atlanta. Uh, we we damn near beat Atlanta the, dead, right. the wire. And
5: I think the B- Bengals felt like a loss. Like we got yeah, that was that was, the that was a loss.
6: That was a loss. Yeah, and the, and the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. yeah,
5: I would say push. you could argue that. Um, uh, I guess that oh the Ravens. Well, you right the Ravens, the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. And they, that, they, like, no one wanted to play that day. Hey, that how about game.
1: if we had Sam Donald in that game, we win that game easy. Yeah. I believe that. I, I do I believe that so hard and I dare anyone in the chat to disagree with me, man. If we had Sam Darnold in that game instead of Baker Mayfield, I think we win that football game. Hands
5: uh, speak, down, dude. Speaking of wins, let's finish up with our talk about the Lions game real quick. Uh, one thing that was interesting is uh, even though the Panthers like crazily just beat down the Lions, <laughs> when you look at the final score. Uh, 23 That number makes it feel like the game was far closer than it was. Right at any moment, like I said earlier, it was thirty-four to thirteen with three minutes and fifty seconds left in the fourth quarter. This game's out of hand. It's way beyond reach. But an interesting note here: as uh, Shane Zilstra caught three touchdowns in that loss against us, Zilstra is the brother of Brandon. Zylstra, who used to play for the Carolina Panthers and both currently play for the Detroit lions right now. Yep. How about that is both brothers play for the team for the Detroit lions right now. And they're both, uh, I think they're, uh, Michigan people. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're from that region. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, you know, not really a talking, shout point. out to
1: Sarah Taylor. She loves her. Yeah, she Zylstra. does love
5: Brandon Zilstra. And uh, also Rev Rico. Look at He looks like uh, Rico Suave. Uh, One other thing I did want to point out about the game, though, before we go on to the tickets is just this. Kudos to Brian Burns. He had his two-sack game, that game that we needed him to have. You know, the one that is stepping. What does that make him at now? 13 and a half, 14 sacks now? So he's gotten over that hump, and it looks like he's having the breakout that we like. Luvu, Frankie Luvu, cannot say enough about this. He might be arguably he's among the stars. He's almost in in many ways <laughs> kind of step stepped into some of the limelight that has been left by Jeremy Chen. You know, is like yeah. uh, how we were talking about last week is should as you know Jeremy Chin over not over you know like we were having a discussion about is really how good yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah
5: we but i tell you this is luvu is making big play after big play after big play i wrote his name i watched the game last night again and i wrote his name down i wrote this uh into the first quarter nasty run defense i just wrote luvu is incredible and i wrote his name several like three times down in my notes so I think that was awesome there. And the other thing, DJ Moore.
1: Wait, can, I, can, I, can I just add yeah. to your Frankie Louvu? Frankie Louvu needs, uh, he's at 14 tackles for loss. He needs seven more tackles for loss to tie Luke Kicksley's record for the most tackles for loss 20 in a season by a linebacker in <sighs> Panthers history.
6: I don't think that he's going to get it. I'm sorry. Do you think That's he's going a gonna lot get of tackles for a loss in the next no. two games? Like I don't
1: know. Like, I, I, no, no. I, it's it's less about him being able to do it, in that but being of
6: time. in that on that in the, even the, anywhere the, close the to the that. The
1: entire time that Luke kicks, oh, in that entire season that Luke got to twenty, and the fact that Frankie Louvu is pushing that number, dude, that's insane. Louvu is a ball. Isn't
6: isn't Chen pushing for breaking Luke's tackles in a season as well?
5: Ooh, I don't know. And that would be crazy, and as as people are saying, he's having a bad year.
6: Um, um, it might not. It might be somebody else, but I feel like it was Chin that I saw that. Um, so those are some things that look is that Luva just pops off the page, and the other thing
5: that I was going to put out here is let me see how many tackles he has this year. They don't have a total twenty twenty two.
6: I think. Uh, I think uh, no. Brown it must be. The- it
5: must be for like in a first three seasons or something Um, because he only has 55 tackles this year he had 107 last year 117 the year before maybe it's
6: somebody else on the team Um, i remember there was single season
5: i wanted to go back to a couple of things a game i'm sure some of the callers we got a couple of calls to play that i know came in right after the game um dj moore dj moore Every time, you know, I just like, uh, he's just whelming to me. I use that word a lot, you know, is like, I mean, he's really good, he's always a good player on a team, he's always consistent. Never really seen him with a quarterback, he's just never dominated either at this time. In his, I mean, at any point in his career, just like <clears> been dominant, <throat> he's still so young. So, this is, I just want to say, every time I start to become like less impressed by DJ Moore. You know, where I'm just like, uh, like, it's just like the newness of DJ Moore kind of is worn off. You know, the allure of the brand new Christmas present is start, you know, every time it happens, he reminds me how how good he is. Like in the most quiet ways, too. I know that you guys are going to point to the touchdown catch that uh, or a lot of people will point to that and be like, look, DJ. Is, and you know what? That shows you this is that DJ is a downfield threat. He can be a deep threat, Um, but boy, his toe game, his toe tap game is just fucking unreal. He has had
4: so many
5: good catches this year where it's been like, that shouldn't be a catch. That shouldn't be a catch where he is not only like, I, I mean, this is from Mayfield to all down the list of people where it looks like the ball's out of bounds. And this mug in this tamp in uh, this game last week, he had this get his toe where I don't know how he made it. It's a here's, fucking toe Here's the thing, swag, here's what, baby. Here's
6: what you've got to say, Tony. You can say he's been whelming, but the thing is, he has been whelming because his quarterbacks have been underwhelming, right? Right?
5: right. Like, yeah. that
6: is all that is. if you look at every, like, for the most part, he's had his blunders. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, when his number has been called, he has answered the call on pretty much every single occasion. Go to that Atlanta game. Go to this past week. Go to the last week when we uh, lost to the, the Steelers with that incredible catch he got uh, that was, like, even more impressive than than the catch this week, in my opinion. But even this week, like, he had, yes, the toe drag swag. He beat Okuda down the sideline uh, for that giant gain, And then the next play... He goes and he he catches the five yard touchdown, which should have been tackled for a loss because he was a screen pass. He fights through and he gets the the touchdown. <laughs> By the way, reaching the ball across the across the goal line, Matt Rule would have flipped his shit. Um, but nonetheless, DJ Moore is not whelming. DJ
4: yeah, Moore, I, I, know like that. That. I know you're not saying that.
6: I know you're not saying that. But. I think a lot of people look at him that way. And when you say that, I think it, it bolsters those people's mindsets about what DJ Moore is. DJ Moore has un uh, has, has, if you look at who he's had as quarterback, the fact he's had thousand right. yard receiving yards for the past three years. It's incredible. Like, it's incredible. And, and it's potentially still capable of doing it this year. And now it's a long shot. Don't get me wrong. But, It is still a potential for him to do that this week. I mean, these past, these next two weeks.
1: The fact that he has been a consistent 1,000 yard receiver year after year (laughs) with everyone from Allen to a Hurt Cam Newton to a Teddy Bridgewater to a PJ Walker to a Baker Mayfield
4: to a Sam
1: Darnold. Like, dude, the names go on and on and on, man. DJ is a premier wide receiver in the nfl and if we ever get some consistency at that quarterback position i'm still hoping that it's going to be with matt corral but even if it's with sam in the short term dude i'm, I'm still happy for dj i think he is an excellent weapon for the carolina panthers and remember a few weeks ago when you know we just got done talking about brian burns and dj moore Remember, there were the rumors about us trading Brian trading. Burns well, trading and DJ, DJ Moore too.
4: Yeah,
1: and that's what I'm saying. They, the Greeners apparently wanted to trade for DJ Moore, and it would have been such a dumb thing for us to do, just to pretend to quarterback and even be ready to play next year.
5: Yeah, DJ's the man, dude. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Is just when I start to take him for granted a little bit is that he does something to remind me, you know, actually what he's reminded me this season is he hasn't put up the best numbers, the right. biggest numbers of his career. He's only got 56 catches for 761 yards, but he's got the most touchdowns he's had at six in a season. Um, what has impressed me though, is that I think that DJ Moore has shown improvement this year. Like <laughs> as a player, like as an all around player I think he's better than he was last year despite his numbers not being better. I think and the toe drag swag is just an example of like how incredible sure. he has been. Here's one other statistic though that is interesting here to show what you guys are saying about like imagine him with a good quarterback or somebody that was just better than better than average. He's had 56 catches this year. He's been targeted a hundred and four times. I am pretty sure he has not dra- dropped fifty no, passes. He is not so no, no. unless he's dropped more than ten. You know what I mean? Like he probably has like ten drops on the season. Maybe if even that. There's a website. I'll look it up in just a second. But what that tells me is that eighty percent of those fifty passes were just completely off the fucking mark. <laughs>
6: They were, a lot of them were were Looks overthrown, so bad. yeah, it's on, like, it's into like, the out of bounds, dude. Like, yeah, that's that's and, the, I think you've got to keep in mind is like if it's thrown over his head just to throw it away, that counts as a, a target for him.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just an incredible. And
1: by the way, DJ Moore only 239 more yards to get to a thousand that's not that impossible oh
4: my that's, god
1: oh dude give me a break you can do that in one receivers have done that in one game before i'm not saying that it's guaranteed to happen because we're a run first football team but 239 that is not impossible dude uh, especially when you look at the way the tampa bay buccaneers defensive backfield has been lately and the way the new orleans backfield has been lately Dude, I'm telling you, I've seen wilder but, shit than that before.
5: If this is right, <clears throat> if this uh, website that I'm looking at—well, just NBC Sports—if this is correct, he's not. He's had. Well, he's not even on the list of of drop passes, right? For people in the top eleven, like the ranking. There's like twenty people up here. The last player on this list is uh, Slayton from the. Giants with five drops. So that means he has less than five drops. If he's not on this list, he's not even at five drops. Right. Like uh, he has. So that means that at the very worst, he dropped four passes of those 48 passes. (laughs) And those just other 44 were just fucking terrible passes. And I see Terrace Marshall Jr. and uh, Ian Thomas drop a pass every game.
6: Ian Thomas dropped two or three this week. I know,
5: like a big one early on,
6: dude. Yeah, uh, like,
5: and he makes a good play. Ian Thomas is an every other down player. He makes one good play that I, makes. I a don't bad even player.
6: know if he makes a good play. Like he makes okay plays, but like he's not he's not out there like doing what ter- at least Terrace Marshall th- caught that crazy awesome pass uh, yeah. in between his legs, and then he caught that one uh, that last week down the field for forty yards or whatever it was, like. Uh, there's there's a lot more like big plays by TMJ than there is of Ian oh Connor. I agree
5: oh I agree one hundred in fact I, <laughs> I think Terrace Marshall has played has played very well yeah um there's been a couple he's left on the field that I'm sure he's wanted back at right. this point but you know you're talking a small sample set for him right let's take uh, this is that game I just went I just wrote on my notes DJ's toes. <laughs> that's what i wrote dj's toes are incredible fucking, dude like they the only people that have more famous toes than him is dante jackson
6: and those and can are inf- we those are infamous toes can we just give some i just i know i'm doing this a lot but sam darnold bro like those fucking dime throws that he made yeah. this week like we've got to take some time to acknowledge he's how much well. him, how much he's improved compared to last year like just with i mean i know he's got an o line and that's what we've all been saying like <clears throat> we need to see what he's capable of doing with an o line like this and i'm telling you boys like what we've seen has been impressive he hasn't had a bad game yet
5: darnold's play though is not been, the one the only reason i'm not going to just overly jump on the darnold train for you yet is that what despite this offensive line being better his best plays still come when he's moving. Like, his best is like he hasn't been sitting back there behind a great offensive line, dis- dissecting people.
2: He kind of has this week. Sam Jordan has been great well, at escaping well, well,
5: pressure. Like, his best plays has been, or some of his better plays has been when he's rolled out and the play seemed like it was dead and he yeah. can just fucking zero zing it in he's had a touchdown like that he had a first down completion like this
6: that 58 then, yarder to dj moore right, was, right. that was, was in yeah. the pocket Beautiful. that 44 to tmj was in the pocket right um, i'm not
5: taking but i'm saying to me still the best part of his game and i think has been maybe not tapped into enough is using him as a running threat he made the the, the quarterback, the read option that Cam Newton yeah. is the best. The, Cam Newton was the best player <laughs> I've ever seen do it in my life. And that is Cam Newton knew how to run that read option every time. Like he made the right decision most of the time to pitch, to keep. And it was just so devastating. <laughs> Sam Darnold did that like three times in this game. And it looked and no, smooth. Don't even it. I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa. I was like, yeah, I mean, I know he was running around, but he was doing the pitch. One time he pitched it right at the perfect. That led to, I think, to a touchdown, uh, to the Foreman touchdown, maybe. And then the other <laughs> time is that he kept it and ran for a touchdown. And it just, it was the right read. It was quick. He's starting to feel it. True. I, and he's only 25, 27, like.
1: Right. And he was drafted. With the third overall pick for a reason. Everything to be the number overall pick. When you're talking about physical capabilities, the guy can do it all. He can do it all, but he just had his early years ruined by bad coaches and bad offensive line. Look, I was and not as playing you might, well as you might already know. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and turning <clears> the <throat> ball over. And I think that's where you have to give him the most credit is that he's not turning the ball over. And how about this, right? We're talking about Sam Darnold. Should we not give some love to Ben McAdoo in the same vein? Because I'm telling you, every year we do this thing where, oh, our offensive coordinator sucks. They're terrible. Well, okay, no offensive coordinator is ever going to look good if your your quarterback is not consistently getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers. So, yeah, of course they're going to look bad. But when you look at the rushing attack, Sam Darnold being accurate, DJ Moore balling, Terrace Marshall Jr. balling, we we can't be so hip that whenever things are going bad, oh, Ben McAdoo, McAdoo, do, 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 do. And then whenever we're doing good. Well, it's uh, always easy to do that. We got to look to upgrade from Ben McAdoo next season. No, man, I think Ben McAdoo has done a great job. He has been through all the same tumultuous coaching change that everyone else on the staff has been through. And he's persevered, and he's gotten the most out of our offense, and one of the best offensive lines in Panther history. I'm sorry, you have to put some damn respect on Ben
5: McAdoo's name.
6: And well, and by the way, Sam Darnold is still very young for a quarterback. Yeah, that's
5: what I think is that we haven't seen, and, some, and this is a, a the internet has done this or has contributed this, but also the NFL is naturally uh, the timeline for success has shortened so much, right? So sure. like if these guys, I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about Zach Wilson later in this is that, look, is Zach Wilson went, you know, is, is might as well be out of the league at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, the timeline is so compressed in in so many ways that that opportunity, you just don't get another opportunity. Yeah. Sam Darnold is making uh, a lot out of his opportunity that he probably, I won't say shouldn't have gotten, but usually you don't get that third, the third chance after last year in so many ways. So he's, you know, it's like we haven't seen, look, Jake DeLome, was it? Wasn't even in the NFL until he was like 26 years old. <laughs> the NFL, Europe, you know what I'm saying. So, just because these guys haven't done something by 26 doesn't mean that they're not incapable of doing it. So, there could be better years ahead for Sam Darnold for sure. Yeah. When it comes to Ben McAdoo, I don't want to overly, cr- you know. I, again, we'll just go back to the internet reaction of things. Is that when you go overboard and you say he stinks or whatever the truth somewhere or he's greatest It's truth somewhere in the middle. And even in the beginning of the season, the one of the few things that Matt rule said that like made sense was like every time, every now and then like, you can't just uh say we want to run the ball this amount of times or this is like the flow of the game really determines a lot <laughs> of things. Sure. And when you can't complete a simple pass, how can you judge the offensive coordinator by that, right? And when right. in some of those early games, even though he was pass, he was calling pass plays a little bit more than we wanted him to. Like if you looked at the routes on the field, they were there a lot of times. It's just the guys didn't fucking do make the play. So like right. you can, they they got to go out there and actually do it. And this game though, before we go crazy about Ben McAdoo coming back, is that when you're running 30 yards off the uh, at a clip, it makes it easy for a play call. It's like, hey, let's draw up a run play. Let's draw up a run play now. Let's hit him with a play action. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, let's not make it it like
6: that. Hold on, hold on. But is is he
1: not the offensive coordinator for that offense that's rushing the football at that high of a clip?
6: Hey, let me ask you a question. No, he's not. He hates to run the ball. Let me ask you a question. Well, we don't know that, well, yeah, but let, well, let me let, fooled, let me ask you a, let me ask you a question. When when our offense doesn't perform well, who do we blame?
1: Ben McAdoo.
6: Well, and the quarterback usually. Okay. So it's a combination of it, both. The quarterback. Isn't it and ben fair McAdoo? to give him the uh, a lion's share of the credit for what this offense has done with this run game over the past few weeks? Um, I know you've got to you know reward the players for performing. But we've said it before when this team is doing horribly, the, you know, we, we can't make this argument one way and not argue the other way, right? We can't yeah. say, like, that's on coaching. This is on coaching. This is on coaching. And when our offense is performing well, which it really has and uh, as a whole over the past few weeks, um, barring a few bad games. Uh, but outside of that, you've, you've got to look at this offense and say it's been performing well, and that means that Ben McAdoo is doing a good job. Now, is that mean that he is going to be the offensive coordinator next year? I don't know. Um, does that mean Sam Darnold's performance is going to mean he's the Panther starter next year? I, I don't know. But I think I think, will... I think the bo- both of these guys have earned the right to have another opportunity, if not here somewhere else.
5: I will give him this credit, and I think this is where the most credit is honestly due, is very similar to Steve Wilkes, is it's kind of insane that you're able to find prosperity amongst the depths of this depression we were in. And the idea is this is the fact that Wilkes can have this team playing to the level it is at this point is miraculous. It's (laughs) miraculous. And to be honest, the fact that Ben McAdoo hasn't crumpled at this, at, at this moment with, from all of the transition, from all of the change, not only in the coaching, but the shroud of failure in the offense and this, but from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback <laughs> to losing Christian McCaffrey to this. The fact that the offense is getting better is fucking miraculous in a way.
6: Let me ask you uh, this. But do you crazy. feel like do you feel like either of these guys, Ben McAdoo, and this goes for anybody in the chat or either of you two? Do you feel like Ben McAdoo or Sam Darnold? Has earned the the their shot to be at, at their current position um, next year, even if it's not with the Panthers. Do you believe that Ben McAdoo earned the right to be an offensive coordinator somewhere else, if not here?
1: Yeah, just because there's, that you know there aren't a lot of people that are equipped to do the job, and you need bodies, you need offensive coordinators, you need assistant coordinators. But I also say this, like you know, to everybody that's a brakes pump. I've been saying this entire season that it's a prove it season. Everyone has to prove it, well, we're not in the playoffs yet, so therefore they're not done proving it, and that goes to everyone involved, Sam Darnold, Ben McAdoo, even Steve Wilkes, man. It, you know we we're feeling good now and we're happy to feel this way, but man, these final two games are so important for so many different people in our organization, Sam Darnold included, and Ben McAdoo included. I I, I would say if the season ended right now, CK, I would say yes. I would say that they have earned jobs, be it here or somewhere else. But as of right now, dude, we're dialed in, we're focused on Tampa. And right now, based on what they have shown me, I think they have everything capable. They have everything that it takes to be able to win the NFC South. I believe in both of them, man. I believe in, damn it, and I don't care who knows it. Let's go.
5: I want to hear if you guys believe the number is 252-228-5098. We want to get your thoughts on this Carolina Panthers team. If uh, the Carolina Panthers can and will win against the Bucks, or will win, I guess you could say, you know they can win. Will they make a run to the playoffs. What is your level of excitement if they do win? Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo on the table. We want to hear your <laughs> thoughts. The number's 252 228 Let's jump into some
6: catcalls. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel?
7: Uh, very uncomfortable.
6: So, How do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
7: It feels good like
4: that.
11: That, that can use one. Guys, Liz, City, a.k.a. Carolina Guy. I'm calling in at halftime. I'm hoping that's not a jinx. But with Christmas Eve and everybody having things to do, I'm hoping I get to watch the podcast later. But if not, I'll catch it sometime between the night and tomorrow. Uh, but I just kind of want to look, guys. Anytime you get uh, Chiba Hubbard over 100 yards rushing in the first half, Dante Foreman over 100 yards in the first half, 200 and some yards rushing as a team in the first half. Sam Darnold throw in over 100 and some yards passing in the first half. Almost 400 yards in the 24 7 lead. I mean, I'm just hoping everything continues like it is, but I want to win this game and at least set up next week is it's Brady and the Bucks, but a win and good chance we're in first place with one game to go. But if we lose, Typical Tom Brady, <laughs> like just, just having that opportunity. That's all we really were looking for It's to be in contention. So, well, guys, it. have a Merry Christmas. I'm thankful for the podcast. Thank you, know, You know, you guys, Cody, Greg, um, you know, and just everybody. I just want to give with, with y'all guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Uh,
5: Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Merry Christmas. And uh, man, the excitement level was so much there that even Cody and CK were sitting there going, we should go for this post game, no matter what. We should go. Uh, but Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy New Year. Uh, one more show. At least one more show before the New Year. Let's keep going through with these calls.
7: Yo, C3. What's good? JD 864. Uh, calling in. JD. Like- uh the score is thirty one 7 i don't know how many minutes left in the game right now um
12: yeah
7: i don't i'm i'm feeling good. i'm tired of so i i went to bed like three hours before the game started that's a mistake on my part so I, i'm i'm not really all that coherent right now <laughs> but let's put some respect on red beard the quarterback aka sam Dunn. Motherfucking well, rewarded. I love the play called man, rewarding DJ it. for for hard work, man. Man been out there blocking the shit, giving some easy tosses. But props to Sam on that uh, zero blitz in DJ. Yeah, man, this 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 is a good game to fucking wake up, watch all oh, for three hours or something. <laughs> I need to say, man. Hey, appreciate what you guys do. <laughs> Keep pounding, Santa fam.
5: Thanks from Paradise, JD. J. He said he was tired as hell. Heck
4: yeah! yeah a, uh, at least
1: it was worth it, man.
4: Uh, Dude, y'all are first...
1: lucky. I didn't do post. Man, <laughs> jokes, they had my ass tore up from
13: the floor up, bro.
5: Let's Shit. Go to, let's go to the next goal.
13: Yes, yes. Brady doesn't want it. Brady.
4: Don't uh-huh.
13: want it. This the was before the comeback is legit Deontay Foreman running down people's throats. Chuba Hubbard running down people's throats. Tampa doesn't want it. Sandy D throwing dimes. DJ Moore catching dimes. Terrace Marshall Jr. catching dimes. The defense eating, eating. They don't want it. They don't want it. We're hot at the right time. We're hot at the right time. I don't want to hear anything. Playoffs, here we come. I don't care. Brady doesn't want it. Run down their throat. Shack them. Nobody wants, even Keith Taylor played well. Everybody played well. That's how you respond to a damn loss. Nobody wants to play this team. Let's go. Keep pounding, baby. Keep
4: pounding. Yeah. Yeah.
5: What a good call, man. Yeah, he's going to get the applause. Hey, you hear
4: that?
1: Dude, hey, let's take a moment and just bask in the excitement of Panther fans. Nobody's crying and complaining. Dude, right now we have a team that the Panthers and the Panther fans can be proud
5: of, man. Uh, chat, love loves chat loves love the call. Chat loves the call. I think that might have. Was that Anthony? I think that's Anthony from Charlotte. Look, these uh next uh, two, three calls are all four calls, all game day calls. So, look, let's get <laughs> ready. Strap <laughs> in for the excitement, baby.
4: Yeah.
14: What's going on, C3 family? D Sanford, North Carolina. Shout out to what Cody. Up, Shout out to Tony. Shout out to the whole crew. What an amazing Christmas gift to get before Christmas. We pounded the rock, foaming, just smashing them in the forehead, foaming. Truba ain't that whack. Hubbard. Sam controlled the controlled the game. Had a little secondary issues. Not mad at all. I was nervous Coming into Detroit, they were playing good football. I still believe in playoff football. Steve Wilkes did an excellent job getting these guys geared up and ready to play some daggone football. I am excited. I am happy. I just want to cut a jig, cut a dance. I want to throw a parade. I want to throw a party just for the simple fact. The resiliency that this Carolina Panther team showed after such a disappointing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is what football's about, and it proves that it's not over until the regular season is over. Hey, I love y'all. I wish y'all a Merry Christmas and a Happy
6: Holidays. Mm. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. I love, I love the, I love the, just the, The happiness, dude. Like this is this is what we have been missing for five years. Like it's just been
5: this podcast is ready for a moment like this, and maybe not even I'm ready. I just could. I just want to know what 2015 would have felt like if we would have had the community that we have have now. now.
4: Yeah, you know what I'm saying?
5: Like it's like
4: dude.
5: I mean, we were up here talking basically to ourselves in 2015. <laughs> um but man, like is just think of this. Is look at listen to this excitement right here. Poop poop poop. Man, give us a good season next year, baby. Give us a good oh. season next year or anytime soon with this community, these post game shows, they're already a blast.
1: I know. Imagine if we have a imagine good if they team. were just
5: fun the whole time.
1: I dude, imagine if we could have a 10 plus or a 13 plus. Winning season. Oh god, dude. This be-
5: you like wouldn't even be able to keep the call like callers on the ground. Their heads. Yeah, I know. Be wonderful I,
1: I love it, dude. Uh the love number it. is
5: 252-228-5098. Let's keep rolling with the calls.
15: A C three is a link.
5: Yen. I
15: don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> week we look like another week we look like we just completely own everybody. 300 yards rushing. I don't even know when last time that happened. I like, yeah, yeah, they to figure that out. Um, but holy mackerel, I was only able to listen to the game again because, of course, the game was not available in my area. Sad, 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 sad case okay, so of affairs. Uh, defense looked like normal. The last drive by the Lions, though, of Oh, pat, uh, personal foul. rushing the passer. Personal foul, rock the passer. What are we supposed to do? They need to change that. I think that should be the discussion point uh, going in the offseason hugely is they need to figure out a way. If the guy falls on because he had no ch- opportunity, then they should pull the flag up and say, okay, he had no chance. He had nothing else he could do.
5: I want to talk about this.
15: Still, a win's a win, and we're one step closer to the playoffs. Keep pounding, guys.
5: Keep uh, pounding. I'll, I'll, uh th- thanks for the call you're right is look is you don't want to complain look we won the game we're not gonna complain about the refereeing but so much or the right. officiating but there's got to be some sort of change in the way that the game of football is moderated in the moment uh we saw Darwin james get kicked out last night for knocking himself out i guess uh The the last thing, I watched the game last night. I took these notes, CK. We were talking about this before the show. And the last note I have in all capital, not a flag by YGM. Where YGM gets through, makes a good play. This guy is finally making a good play. A guy that's fighting hard to probably keep his NFL career alive. And he's flagged for roughing the passer. Right, and all he did was tackle him. He didn't, and they go, "Oh, the guy calling the game goes, he throws him to the ground." I was like, "No, he tackled him. He tackled him. That's all he did." There were a couple of those calls, CK, at the uh, end on that final drive, personal fouls. Hey,
2: I mean, I got, Tom Brady's going right. to
5: get him. Is it rigged?
6: I mean, it's we saw like two in a row, I felt like on that drive, right? um we saw them them call some bogus uh, uh uh rough in the passer calls and um and it's an unfortunate reality of the the game that we play is that it's just there's such a focus the thing that I hate most about this game is that they have this focus on protecting players, but what they really mean is we want to protect quarterbacks. that's all that they care about. And I get it. These guys impact the game in in a pretty immediate fashion. But when you see players like Mac Jones giving two shits about a defensive player's ability to feed their family in the future, uh, you know, that that's what pisses me off is that like this, this double standard that exists that just because you're on defense, that you shouldn't be protected the same way like this, like this, this coddling of the quarterback has got to stop, dude. Like I understand protecting the quarterback, but going this far, it's just over it's over the top. It's unnecessary and they need to change it immediately because this is starting to get out of hand.
5: Yeah, I mean it just stinks when officiating changes the the trajectory of a game. Uh it's it sucks when things are over officiated. Uh, you know, it just I don't know. There's got to be some way for these guys to pick up flags with, and it save a little face, and it not look like them like a referendum on their their credibility. Their, yeah, honestly, yeah, I think because it, I, think I think it's that's more credible
6: they, it, if they do that.
5: Right, right. It's like, hey, this is quick. We're just trying to be get this right. And I think that one of the things we saw from the A.F.F. or whatever the hell the American Football whatever that one that uh, already ended where they had the sky cam and the sky judge <laughs> is there could be something that you do to not slow down the game, but just makes the game uh, just better. Right. And I don't know why, but you know what, at the end of the day is they don't know how to handle the quarterback thing. No, that's what I think What it comes down to it is they really don't, they all know that these aren't roughing the passers. Uh, but they also know that a NFL without offense is boring, or sure. is not as fun. So they also know that keeping these star players protected mm-hmm. is more important than really the credibility of tackling in the football game. Yeah, so they're just trying to. I don't know. I think they just.
4: Well, be I mean, like I, know the,
1: of- I know the. I know the. Like, you want your franchise quarterbacks to be healthy and protected. That's best for business, for the NFL, for the teams. You know, you you want good quarterback play. That's when the games are the most exciting. Um, But speaking of quarterback play and what makes quarterback play good quarterback play, we have some breaking news here. And it's not good news. I also don't know if it's bad news. Let's run it by all of you. The Bucks will designate Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen to return from injured reserve on Wednesday. Jensen suffered a knee injury on the second day of training camp, but has held out hope that he could potentially make a late season return. So Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen is going to be back for the game versus the Panthers. Do you think that I- he's not playing all year I mean, what what does this mean for the matchup? Is this, this better isn't... for Tom Brady, or are you better off going with the guy that you've been taking snaps from all year?
6: I don't know that this means that he's going to be playing. Don't they have like? Isn't the designated to return? Doesn't that doesn't that mean like it's just that they they have the the ability to activate him? It doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to be active.
1: Um, I don't know. Seems as though. Like I don't know if he's, uh, you, you know, there's only two games left. You right. know, if you want to play while this season still has time, yeah, I'm I'm assuming it would be this week. I'm I'm gonna take it as though they're preparing him <clears throat> to start. But like I said, I don't even know if it, you've been taking snaps from a different center all I know, season.
4: This could be a problem a, for yeah. them. Yeah, I, mean, I have, think it's probably
5: good for them and fine for us. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's like it's it's probably good for them that their offensive line has been so stinky that they are in their mind getting an upgrade, whether it's this week, next week, like over the term of the season, it will be helpful. But you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, it's I like though he could be rust. I mean, rusty in week one. It's not like I'm scared, sure. You know, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, is uh, right now. uh, I don't know how much it I mean, it probably helps them in the the next three game stretch. And I don't know how much it helps them in the one game stretch against us. By the way, prize picks here. You got some breaking news for you. This on the prize picks. Something funky with the Taco Tuesday things. I always the allure of the Taco Tuesday. LaMelo ball has zero points right now. Oh, Zero no. points. I know. What is it? It's just a tease out there. Tease, tease, tease. Um. So, um. I, I tell you one thing is that the quarterback that will get all the calls is going to be playing us Uh, this week, you know, and Tom Brady gets all the calls. And talking about the officiating, this is where we just want it to be cleaner and more honest. You know, is I don't mind when a play, when they're, when they're kind of calling the game close or tight and that's how they want to call the game. But then when you look at Justin Fields over there saying, I got to beg for calls. You hear Cam Newton get told he wasn't old enough to get that call. We just want the roughing the passers to be called. And we want the, them to pick up the flag when it's clear. They're not, you know, um, right. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a, such a fast paced any, I can't imagine being a umpire official uh, or official in any sport that's so quick. Like imagine calling a baseball, the guy out at right. first and you're like looking at the replay and it's like this much of a difference. How do you even, so, I mean, I don't want to knock on these guys entirely, but we got screwed on that YGM call. <laughs> we got screwed next call.
13: What a fucking game. This is G. Cavasier. What G- not a motherfucking game, y'all? The Russian was fucking crazy, man. Didn't it look like double trouble? Didn't, it, didn't today remind you of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams back in the day? Them boys ran the ball down Detroit's fucking throat. I thought we was going to damn win. I predicted us to win by at least by a touchdown or by three. Yo. We played a damn good game. The first run, Tuba ran. I was like, "Oh shit!" Hey man, ain't nothing wrong with the baby. We won today. We got who we got next? We got Tampa and New Orleans. We went on next two. We clinched the goddamn South, and we in the daggone playoffs. <laughs> I can see that shit, man. I can really see that shit. Sam played a damn good game. He really did. Sam played a damn good game. Besides that false start bullshit, you know, he lifted up his leg and nobody came in motion, but y'all give me y'all thoughts on that. And you guys and your families have a merry Christmas. This was a good Christmas present. Keep pounding.
1: Keep pounding. Shout out to the man,
5: G. I think there's something, uh, CK's spoken on this a good bit on the podcast, but I do, we got to give kudos to Sam Darnold for taking advantage of this moment you know yeah. is that you guys both you asked this earlier ck is do mcadoo and darnold should they you know have they kind of earned the the conversation of being in their role somewhere maybe not in carolina but somewhere right and i tell you one thing is Darnold's doing about as much as you can do yeah to overcome his narrative his narrative is that he turns the ball over He's inconsistent, right? And what he has not done is those things. And uh, I really think, I mean, I almost feel like that, again, the biggest challenge to Sam Darnold has been himself. I know that you guys could point to New York and the problems with the team and the offensive line. You're right. Those are all challenges all high picks are going to face no matter what. But the seeing ghost comment, right, uh, kind of has lingered like Zach Sanchez, but fumble lingered, right? And it became kind of a shroud, a cloud over him. And when he kind of faced mental adversity last year, he didn't, you know, it just kind of didn't go well. And that could be a lot to say that the, the whole system around him was just a shit show. But it's really right. overcoming those mental, the, the mental adversity and the challenge. And it almost feels like Baker coming in here and failing. Then everybody like now he's coming in here and playing loose kind of right for the first time in his life. He's like, what do I have to lose? He has absolutely nothing <clears throat> to lose. Like before, if he would not have played this season, he wouldn't have arguably there's a chance he wouldn't be in the league or he would be struggling to be a backup on a team.
6: Right. I agree. I agree. He needed this opportunity and, and he is taking, uh, he's taking every advantage of the opportunity that's been given to him. Um, And I'm, like I said, I'm here for it. I know we've shit talked uh, Sam Darnold. His performance last year was abysmal. He also had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, if not the worst offensive line in the NFL. And
5: everybody's uh, game was abysmal last year. Right. He didn't have Christian
6: McCaffrey for the majority of the year um you know it was it was it was just all in all just a, a, a bat and he had matt rule like i mean let's not forget right the guy who right. left here and we saw an immediate improvement in our team right our team went from being just god awful to like there's no shot they're gonna win to all of a sudden they're contending every single week when they shouldn't be like it's you've got to keep in mind last year he had to deal with learning a new offense having the offensive coordinator fired midseason. Um, and then having to go through that whole process of of learning a new offense again—I mean, just it's it's Sam Darnold hasn't been given a fair shake. And and here's what I love about what's happened so far: he's got an offensive line, he's been able to sit back and learn this offense in a in a in a backseat mentality type of way, not having to worry about being the guy under center every single play. He's learned the offense in and out, um, and he's performing and he's executing this offense um, in a in a in a uh, very efficient way. Is he throwing four hundred yards a game? No, no, no. he's not needing. But he's to.
5: throwing more yards than any other quarterback basically did, except for PJ in that one game. He's,
6: well, even even outside of that, even if you look at the small sample size over four four games, he has been efficient and he has been accurate and he has been. He hasn't uh, turned smart. the ball
5: over. Yeah, he's been yeah.
6: smart with the ball. Um, and I think that that's something that we've got to give him credit for because when 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 you think about everybody, nobody believed in him. When we were, when we were told that Sam Darnold's going to come back and start, uh, nobody thought, man, this guy's going to come out here and blow it up. I think a lot of us had hope that maybe he was going to be better because he had an offensive line, but nobody thought that he was not going to throw an interception in four games. Here's a, a question single person. for you.
5: Think about this for the ne- as we listen to the next call. At what point of success this season do we reach where sam darnold being uh you know signed before he hits free agency becomes a priority for the carolina panthers you know is there if if he wins is it playoffs is it winning not being part of the problem and winning a game or two still you know there might be a there's a there's a scenario where the panthers are sitting here let's go ahead and ink a two-year deal before the numbers start going crazy, before anything. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It might not be uh crazy for Sam Darnold to consider that, given the fact that he doesn't really know what's gonna be out there on free agent in free agency. So, will the Carolina Panthers make Sam Darnold a priority? How wild of a season is it? Let's go to the next call.
13: What it do, C3.
15: It's Anthony. What up, Anthony? Went to the game today. Froze my nuts off. But man, it was worth it. 570 yards of offense. Best offensive game from the Panthers in history. Um, awesome to see. Darnold drew for 250. Rushing game ran for like 320. Just absolutely dominant. I mean, I'm really hyped right now. Let's freaking go, baby. Tampa Bay and new orleans left two bummy ass teams all right this team is rolling nothing negative to say man this is an awesome performance i do feel bad for jc horn breaking your wrist is really tough um he's gonna be missed if he cannot get back out there i mean if i was the panthers i would try to i don't even know how <laughs> signing free agents or any of that shit works at the moment but I would try to sign a quarterback especially a tall physical guy just for depth Interesting. in case JC won't be with us again this year but I gotta say man to
4: <laughs>
15: I mean this is what the Jets are to do it. you know he's got some arm talent <clears throat> he can make some great throws he's got some legs i guess it really was the offensive line i mean it holds true for most quarterbacks you know but Darnold looks awesome with it and dante foreman i really want him on the team next year i mean he has like 878 yards and five rushing touchdowns now and i'm pretty sure he only started starting games um i think his first start was week seven so Ben, like, he's he's close to averaging, like, he's like 20 yards under 900, which is almost like 100 yards a game. I mean, he's been working it, man. If he was starting from the beginning of the season, he would definitely have a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, man, C3, y'all already know the vibes. Anthony from Charlotte. Two more to go, man. Two more to go. We also broke the Matt Fool, Rat Rule, Bitch Mule, five-win season streak, okay? Steve Wolf is already better than Matt Rule. And let's freaking go, baby. Let's do it.
10: See 3 you're the best. Let's
15: go.
1: Shout out, Anthony. Dude, I'm, I'm, I, everything works out for a reason. The fact that Sam Donald didn't start was technically perfect because we got to empty out the and no more Matt Rule. It was a perfect situation to get rid of Matt Rule. However, that being said, I have no doubt in my mind that both DJ and Sam uh, are having much better seasons if Sam had started at the start of the year. And who knows how many games that we got trounced in that the Panthers actually could have been competitive in. I mean, it's really starting to make you think that way. That's how good Sam Darnold has been playing. He needs to keep it up. And, you know, we're going to have to think if he continues to keep it up, what did you willing to pay Sam to stick around for a year or two?
6: How how upset? Like I know I know we got so much for it, but do you think CMC in this offense now would have made a difference? Or do you think having CMC was a part of the problem that we were using him as a crutch?
5: Coaches, I don't know. I don't know problem. if we can really answer that because Ben McAdoo didn't overuse CMC in the beginning. It was every other coordinator that did. And then Matt Rule tried to force him to do it. I don't know. I mean, it almost feels like this team needed to play from this underdog ragtag right. position. I don't know. I mean, like I think I don't think we'd be worse with Christian McCaffrey. It right, was interesting to see Steve well, it, Wilkes with Christian McCaffrey, like is like that kind of attitude.
6: Well, the, I I just wonder with McAdoo. I mean, because it was it was after the Rams game that we we traded him, right? We lost that uh, pretty handedly, um, and they traded uh, CMC after that game. And it wasn't until after that game that it felt like McAdoo was given the go ahead to do what he you know to open this offense up, right and Run the ball and and you know do what what the identity of this offense should have been from the get go, um, and that is to be a power run game. And honestly, there's I think that that there is when you're paying a guy like CMC as much money as you were paying him, you're kind of forced to have him be an every down back. When when you look at the history of outside of Derrick Henry, the majority of the 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 running backs in the league that are having the best years. Have a compliment to them. And it's who was the last superstar back? I mean, it's got to be Derrick Henry.
5: Okay. All right. right? Other than other than Derrick Henry, who do you go? Zeke
6: before Pollard. I mean, maybe you put him in that category. I don't know if
5: you're muted, uh, Cody. We can't hear you if you are talking. No, I'm not.
6: Okay. Um, Who is a superstar
5: back? Is like, all right. So Zeke for that little. Stretch. Who else? I don't think Saquon is really.
1: Derrick Henry is the the.
5: But he the guy is such that, a mutant kind of
1: compared compared to. I mean, yeah, but yeah, everybody
5: ever, thought he. Everybody thought he was going to slow down. And who knows? He has I mean, he a has... little bit, but. Right, I mean, but he's been in the league for longer than CMC.
6: Right, but I mean, even like if you look at it from like what you want a running back to be, uh, Derrick Henry is by far like the every every aspect of it like he can catch the ball sure but from a from a pure running back like this dude's got the power he's got the speed he's got you know the balance the dude is the all-around back right they said Um, jonathan
5: taylor that's only one season no jonathan taylor's had
6: one season and he's been injured i got like even with that i mean even this year when he wasn't injured he wasn't like exceptional this year
5: Right. Well, their team is stumped. But, like, is what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to ask is that you can have someone who had a star season,
4: right? right?
5: Like, is, but who is a star player at the running back position to where he is your best player, like, like head and shoulders above people? And I'm talking about this is like, once we go past this iteration of like maybe Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and whoever. Christian like, McCaffrey's what, not
6: one either. Like I, Even if you, when you look at the okay. outside of 2019, outside of that one year, it might, it might have been 2018, I can't remember, but I think it was 2019. But outside of that one year, like when he has been the featured back, he hasn't been like a star running back. Even if you, everybody wants to talk about him being in, in, in San Fran, right? He was, he had some of his best games when he was a compliment to another guy right? and Yeah, but
5: he's a star player at the running back position. I guess I'm not saying that he has to only run the ball, but he is a running back. He's not a
6: wide receiver. But what my whole point to the whole start of this conversation was that, you know, when you have a compliment to your star running back, then that's when he's more effective and he's able to produce on a more consistent basis and probably have a longer career. Like you have Zeke now having the the, uh, Pollard. You have uh, Aaron Jones with, uh, with A.J. Dillon. You have Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt. Like all yeah. of these major guys, the guys who are consistently running, like outside of Derrick Henry, consistently running down the throat of their opponent, they have a compliment, every we, single one of them.
5: Right, well, and you're also looking at some of them in the back end of their later twilight years. You know, Zeke didn't have to have a compliment early on. But well, I yeah, guess I'm of the trying to go of the back. The face of the planet I'm trying to go back to this, is that like the names that come to mind Right now, don't fit the bill of what I mean. So, like the best running backs in the league right now don't fit the bill of what Le'Veon Bell, maybe Le'Veon Bell when he was with Pittsburgh, is the last <clears> one <throat> where he had multiple seasons where you thought this guy can destroy you. I'm thinking of people like Adrian Peterson, people mentioned ladanian Tomlinson. Marshall Falk going back further. Sean Alexander like those but like right now I don't know if there is a superstar back in the league like and and is that a cycle or is that the new iteration where it's like it's it's just not gonna be ever be like that again.
1: No, I think it's a mixture of their play styles and their personality. So the guys that get the pop you know, Alvin Kamara, Saquon right. Barkley, Derrick Henry. Hey, I'll, I'll say that Nick the most Chubb underrated. Is the one. He's probably the, the best back Nick in the league. Yeah, dude, yeah. Nate Chubb is a baller. Love Nick Chubb. Uh, I was a big fan of him coming out of Georgia. Um, and, 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 you know, you add Christian McCaffrey to that list because of what they were capable to do. But again, it's not even that these guys aren't superstars, CK. It's that the running back position is the least valuable position on offense. Not that you don't have to have a running back, but that those guys are replaceable. You can right. find really good rushers that yeah, go not as, as, as undrafted stars. free agents. You, you don't
5: have replace, to have a superstar. You can't replace Barry Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Is I like I understand <clears> what, that's <throat> what I'm trying to say is like the NFL is devaluing the I mean the game is just outpacing the running back position. But I don't think any of these backs are anywhere in the stratosphere of LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, Barry Sanders, right? These guys were playing a different type of football. And the argument that really that he was our superstar, he's like a whelming superstar, Christian McCaffrey. He's got a lot of asterisks, right? A lot of caveats, if not, if healthy, if used properly if 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 right you know um you didn't have to say anything when adrian peterson was oh chris johnson when he's rushing for two thousand yards a season you have to say if about anything he's just like give them the lose the ball we're gonna win uh let's go to the next call uh, oh, this better get better uh,
13: Calling.
5: Oh, sorry man thank you for your call but we gotta keep pounding through here
13: Hey guys, sorry I called you and JJ back. Um, but I forgot this was the whole in the first place. Is this
1: just
5: JJ? I oh, can't love, hear
1: you, man.
5: Yeah, we love your support, but we're gonna have to keep going.
1: Can't hear you. C three,
5: what's
10: up, fam? It's uh, Raleigh Panther calling in. Uh, man, I just can't tell you how much it means to to be here in the last days of December, going into January, and and looking forward to Sunday watching Panther football. playoff implications and um just feel like the team's finally trending up you know i felt like under rule um you know even if we started out hot we just kind of fizzled out and and never really had that rivera effect where we just went out in november and december strong but um i feel like under wilkes you know that that tide is kind of turning um you know i called in earlier this year kind of asking about if if a good team can overcome the shortcomings of a bad coach. And, you know, that was when Rule was still at the helm. Um, But as we're getting here to the the end of the season, you know, there's just more and more talks with with Wilkes being the potential head coach. And, I mean, I'm all for it, but um, just wanted to know if you guys could kind of articulate what you think it is that he does best um, as a head coach, what what he brings to the table, whether it's uh, the schematics or whether it's just a – uh, energy that he brings where he just can will his players to play above uh, you know their means and anyways just wanted to get y'all thoughts on that um, went ahead and bought potential playoff tickets this morning spent way more than I should have but oh, yeah. damn dude <laughs> I'm just so damn excited to at the chance that we could be hosting the game so
2: I gotta be there
10: even if my my, my bank account takes a dent but uh, hey have a good night y'all
5: Peace. peace peace yes. Playoff tickets. Did you are put this in the? Right now. Yeah, we were just fighting over the slideshow in the background. Uh, yeah, is uh, the tickets? I think the lowest price <laughs> I saw was one hundred forty-eight dollars, and that is uh, if the play if the Panthers make it. So uh, they'll refund it if it doesn't. Yeah, they'll probably try to give it if you're a, well. I guess if you're buying a single ticket, you're not a PSL. I'm sure they'll try to get that money and apply it to your PC. Like your. The PSLs had
6: the pre-sell, like, were able to buy it first. They had it, like, pre-sell for, like, the first two or three hours. All
5: right, let's go to his question, though. What a great question. What is it about Wilkes? You know, uh, there's a, uh, I have a, I guess I've been petty about this, but I don't follow this person anymore. And then I saw that they didn't follow me because somehow they got put on my Twitter feed today. But it was the one defender of Matt Rule. I think we know who that one person. There's one person that continuously <laughs> said that he was a good coach and that this was just a like whatever overreaction. People talk about things they did not he challenged the credibility of Cody stuff and and the things that we were doing on the show. Um and this this individual, this unnamed individual put out a tweet that said I was uh something like uh like a real person, real man miss when they're wrong. And I was wrong. Matt rule was, was a problem. And I mean, and this was after the win this past week, what is the difference for someone? You know, like, what is it like for that person? The one holdout, the person who in the face of all the things said that we were being, we were just talking about something we didn't know anything about. And that rule was a good coach. Or was it in that we just uh, you know bad circumstances or something? What is the difference? Same actually, you know what is like this. I mean, he even have the same, like he's had less. He, like you like you gave this dude a kitchen all the ingredients so that he could you let him make the order, you let him make the menu, order all the food, make the menu, brought the food out, it was shitty. Steve Wilkes walked into a cupboard that had less ingredients. Somebody else had made the menu and all of that stuff and left you
6: a dirty kitchen. And he he gave his neighbor his salt.
5: Yeah. And he made the fucking best, a better meal. What is the difference?
6: It's gotta be the, it's gotta be the message, right? It's gotta be the fact that, uh, that in my opinion, again, none of us know because none of us are in that locker room, but, uh, the micromanaging that Matt Rule must have had when it came to uh, how he wanted these coaches to to call plays uh, has got to be an impact. There's there's no other explanation to go from being zero to hero like that and to have this team look like two completely different teams. Like, it's—and it's, it's and we can go back to 2013, right, with, with Ron Rivera, um, and we could say, well, he did the same thing, but it was him who made the—well— We also know he had a philosophy change after that, right? He started to be known as Riverboat Ron. He started to trust his offense that they were going to be capable of converting things that maybe he was uh, hesitant to allow them to do prior, right? Um, We saw a, 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 a method, like we didn't see that with Matt Rule. Matt Rule came in here and he wanted to be the same guy at year three that he was year one. And he thought that that was going to work. He came in with a vision and he thought that that needed like here's the thing that I have an issue with with Matt Rule. His vision was the same on day 1 that it was in in year 3, right? And that shouldn't be the case. You can come in with an idea, but you need to evolve to what the not 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 only what the NFL does, but to what your your failures have been up to that point. And I don't feel like Matt Rule did that.
1: Yeah, and I, to me it's the urgency Urgency is the key word there. There is an urgency on this football team where there wasn't before. Dude, I remember watching clips of the Panthers coming onto the field with Matt Rule and they looked lethargic. They looked like they just rolled out of bed. But now there is an urgency. It's like that adult figure who comes in when you're a kid and you're messing around and you're not doing the things that you should be and he says, hey, get off your asses. You have a job to do, get to work, my ass is on the line, your ass is on the line, and you're the joke of the NFC South. If that doesn't sit well with you, then it's time to not show everybody what we're made of. And I feel like that message is resonating. They, not only do they play better for him on the field, but they feel like Steve Wilkes cares for these guys as a person. Like he cares about these guys off the field. He wants to see them do their best, but he holds everybody accountable. And he said that in one of his meetings, that if I'm coming down on you, I'm not trying to put you down or be hard on you or try and tear you apart as a football player. I want you to be the best version of yourself. And as your coach, I have to push you to be the best version of yourself because that's what I'm paid to do. So it's that urgency and that dedication to the detail and having the energy. Those are all the things that I think has separated Steve Wilkes such a great deal from Matt Rule.
5: Every semester. Um, <clears throat> when I open up class with my students, I teach history for you guys that are uh, just getting to know me a little bit. And I prefer not to talk about my real career a ton. Uh, Cause this is just fun for me, but. Uh, One of the things that I always talk about to my students is it's important for us to believe in the value of what we're doing. Like, is that if we don't think that the time we're spending and the thing that we're doing is valuable, we're not going to put energy, uh, attention or into it. Right. Uh, And so one of the things that I always talk to them about is like the natural inclination for a 19 year old kid. Is to not like history like i have the same joke all the time i say who in was is love is so excited to come to this class on the first day and loves history and there's always one or two kids that raise their hand i go brown noser right like is that we know that when you're a 19 year old kid i have some theories about this i think one is that when you're young your whole future is ahead of you so you don't have a history so you don't really think in the past you think in the terms of the future and some different things but the other thing i talked to him about is that one of the things is that we, we make things too simple sometimes and it makes it feel dumb. And what I, and I don't put it, I usually put it in a little bit better, more sophisticated terms, but I usually like to do this. Is, is it easy to tell 19 year old kids that Gen Z is a lazy bunch of fuck ups who don't do anything who just blah, blah, blah. Like every generation always does this. Yeah. We always say the generation now is lazy and doesn't do shit. It's not smart. And we, Work so much harder, and we were so much better. It's an easy thing to do, but what I always tell my students is: is first, I was like, "Man, you guys, you guys do a lot of good things." You're like, but one thing I do know about nineteen-year-old kids is they smell bullshit. They might not know everything in the world, but they can smell bullshit and fraudulence. And I think this team smelled bullshit. And here is the bullshit that Matt rule was thinking of or selling. He said it was about team. He said it was about process. He said it was about being one of us, but it was about him the whole time. That's the bullshit that they smelled. They smelled that his words were absent of meaning and that he really thought it was about him. And I think that Wilkes speaks in his actions and they know this is about the moment, the team, and the opportunity. And it's not about Steve Wilkes. It's not about one player and his contract. And I think they smell authenticity. That's what I think it is. I think they smelled bullshit before. And they go, wait a second, you're not fucking selling me that, like, and what I tell my students, I'm not gonna, like, we're not gonna sugarcoat the past. We're like, we're just gonna say it's complicated.
4: Yeah. Not good, bad, or
5: anything. So that's what I think it is.
1: In the two and a half years that Matt Rule had and the short amount of time that Steve Wilkes has had, it reminds me of that saying don't believe a person when they tell you who they are, believe a person when they show you who they are.
5: Right.
4: Right.
1: And I think the actions, of Matt Rule never matched up to saying, whereas Steve Wilkes, he probably doesn't even have to say that much. His actions go even further, and I think that's the real difference.
5: Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, somehow that message, I maybe Matt Rule bought in, into himself and his own hype too much. Like, is that everybody's like, oh, he turned around Temple, he turned around Baylor. I think maybe he believes. Uh, And you need to have – there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, right? There's a difference between confidence and being an egomaniac. Um, But we saw the stupid crap that he was saying at the Pro Bowl thing. The harder you want to get coached, the harder we get coached. And then he he, talked to Florida, and he was like, and you take notes. You take notes. The more you take notes, the more games are going to win. And it's just like – This really has no substance to it. It's like words that usually sound good together, but there's no real meaning behind it.
6: Well, if here's the thing is, like you said, they can nineteen year olds can smell bullshit, right? Well, if if we saw that and thought that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard, we're not the only person that saw that. You don't think that his they're in, the meetings. in, like, they're this in is, the meetings like they're in the meetings like right bullshit. this is a bit cringe dude like yeah. uh, i don't know how i feel about this I, I just don't i would like to know how that meeting went down with tepper when he went down to texas to try to hire matt rule or try to do whatever they did like did he go down there to interview him or did he go down there to hire him because it felt like it was a we're coming down here to well, hire him. He went
1: down there to hire him. Remember, it was between right. the Giants and, and the Panthers. They made an offer. They made an offer to uh Matt Rule and then he went and talked to the Giants to see if they would match it or right. go or go higher than that. Dude, that should have been the first red flag. You have a billionaire in your in literally in your living room wanting to give you this crazy deal. But well, let me see if the Giants are gonna give me a better deal first. Dude, that's a red flag to me. He's always been a snake oil salesman. I didn't believe it at first, uh, but then we all had to come around the hard way, man.
5: All right, next go. Hey, C3
12: family, Panther Hand 2222, calling in from Greensboro. Uh, excited to see that Josh Norman is coming back. Yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> he's where he belongs back home. I wished he wouldn't have chased the money before, but the past is the past. Maybe he can step in and help out, fill some of the role that we're going to miss with J.C. Horn on the, the bench this week. Uh, super excited to play the Bucks. We need to stop looking ahead and focus all energy on the Bucks and the Bucks only. Um, we mess around and make it to the playoffs. We don't have that good of a draft pick. But I'd rather win any day of the week than worry about what draft position we have. Uh, y'all keep doing this great work. Everybody, new listeners, new viewers, like and subscribe and help support the C3 Panthers podcast. Y'all have a Appreciate good night. It, keep pounding.
5: Thank you. Thank you so keep much pound. for your support. I don't know if it's entirely fair to say that Josh Norman was chasing the money, though.
12: No, he was um, going to sign Dave the
5: franchise Dave Gettleman thing. rescinded the franchise ca- uh, tag and then let him hit free agency. Right? So, um, but, you know, it is nice to have nostalgia back. Here, let's go to the next call. Podcast brothers, how
13: y'all doing? G of Hey, man, excuse my voice, man. I just got diagnosed with COVID or whatever. Oh, oh, so please uh, keep me that, and my family in your prayers. On a light note, on a, on a better note, Hey, Josh Norman is back with the Panthers, and everybody's saying he's washed up and everything, and he's 35. Tom Brady is 45 years old and a cheater, and we got to go against him this Sunday. I see the Panthers winning out in these last two games, and we are in. I really, really have confidence in our damn team, and I swear that if Tepper does not hire Steve Wilkes. I'm a fucking go insane give me your thoughts
4: on that y'all keep
5: pounding yeah i mean it's it's getting to the point where it seems like ridiculous to think otherwise let's go to the next call. get better g
15: hey guys it's the growl that makes him howl, aka joey the blind panther and uh yeah that lions game was freaking awesome dude it was so awesome and uh yeah i wish i had gone Because it was like, not only was it the coldest game in the history of the stadium, but we also obliterated a rushing record. And uh, Jonathan Stewart was on the radio, and I I hate to break it to you, like he may have been a cool interview, but he was kind of dry on the radio. But uh, he probably got called in because he probably got called in on the spot because no one else could get there because the whole country was having an arctic blast pretty much but uh so we've got so yeah now we've got uh the Buccaneers ahead of us and the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers but we did this with the Steelers we thought oh the Steelers ain't shit we're gonna beat them anyway like no matter what we do and we didn't and it was embarrassing because everybody in the stadium was a Steelers fan I'm not really looking to do that but. I mean, the temptation is hard to resist to just, like, look past the Buccaneers, but that's something we really need to not do. And we really need to kick ass and keep pounding and, oh, is this, like, a win in your end game Like, if the Saints, well, yeah, actually I'll said this, like, if the Saints somehow beat the Eagles, which the Commanders beat them. The commanders beat them and that was one when they were just starting to get hot but uh the commanders are better than the saints when you think uh and the saints are so bad guys that matt rule and baker mayfield beat them <laughs> that that's how bad the saints are so yeah i mean not a bad point this is awesome i'm still optimistic win or lose this game i'm still optimistic for even next year Because if we lose, unfortunately, we're going to have to look at the future, and I'm still optimistic about it next year because, oh my God, dude, Steve Wilkes is a magician. But I'm going to uh, do what I'm known for so I don't get cut off.
5: Now he's added a snort. (laughs) beautiful love that beautiful ground footage um crazy it's got it's got it's getting like epic level
2: <laughs> they're
5: going to have to get point. him on the mic they're going to yeah, have to I get him up. on the it's, gonna, it's becoming iconic yeah yeah
1: i like uh i like our chances a lot going forward against tampa and new orleans sure. again we got to play those matchups but he did make a point. We beat New Orleans with Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield. So we got to finish strong, boys. We ain't won nothing yet. So we got to yep. keep pounding.
5: Hey, man. Hey, guess what? You'll need to tune in to the C3 Panthers post game on Sunday as we figure it all out. I mean, like, that is, like, the best thing about it is the good news is there's still something to look forward to and to talk about. And I'm telling you, in October... There was no way that we were going to be here. I mean, no. and look. It, by the way, we've only won six games.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but but, but <laughs> by that same, we're on
5: like, a thirteen. We're a 13 at thirteen to three right
6: now. Hey, Matt Rule
5: never like... did that. Matt Rule never did that once.
6: By the, by that same token, uh, Steve Wilkes has got five wins in less time, and in all reality. Uh, you could say that he's five and let's just say he's six and two and uh or six and three as a head coach for us. Five and three. I'm saying six because that Atlanta game doesn't count against him. Oh, okay, all
5: right. Uh, let's go to the next call. Cool. Hey, this
6: is White Chocolate
3: Espresso Tony's Baxter. Listen, I'm super uh-huh. excited for this game. Super excited because you understand, not just because we can win the NFC South or the playoffs, no. The first person I ever hated in sports, like ever, was Tom Brady. Because the first game I ever saw with the Panthers was the game where Rodney Peake got hurt and Jake Thielen came in. And after that game, I was like, I'm watching every single Panther game. And I watched every single game all the way up to the Super Bowl, which we lost to Tom Brady. And after that loss, I vowed always hate Tom Brady. And now at the end, we bring back Josh Norman and we have the chance to keep Tom Brady out of the playoffs in his final year. This is so great. I'm so loving this game coming up because God, I hope you win this. Just one last final. Fuck you to Tom Brady. That's all I got. Peace.
1: Peace. One final big fuck here to Tom Brady. By the way, if we do beat him, uh, it'll be the only time that he's ever not finished the season with a winning record. Dude, that's some shit, huh? That's well, here- that's that's a crazy dude. Say what you want. That's a that's a crazy stat, but I love that we could take it away from him.
6: if he retires too, just think about that. We'll be the team that sent him into retirement with his worst ever season and the other part too and i don't care what people say like everybody's going to be like don't be talking about super bowl here's the thing like if you're if you're a believer in narratives we're not going to be facing a a washed out uh quarterback in the playoffs that's going to be a, you know in the super bowl that's going to be given a hand you know hand gifted uh a uh, a win because he's about to retire right cuz we're on the uh, NFC side of things if we can get tom brady out of this he's the only person we'd have to worry about with that
5: Tom Brady is a strange person in my personal history of football. Mm-hmm. He's a person who went from being very disliked to less disliked to more disliked. Right. And I don't really see how like that usually happens, but like I really was upset with the Tom Brady and the original, you know, because of our clash in the Super Bowl and how they had success and we fizzled out and some things but then i started to just ultimately acknowledge tom brady as a goat you know what i'm saying like it was just like he just did so much and was winning so much you couldn't help say i didn't like him but you know i'm saying i guess i respected him but like personally he's become less appeased like a like, less cool in his year, his older years. Like, I just feel like he, I just now see him for having a, instead of being cold as ice and going out there and winning games, I just see him having temper tantrums, like,
6: and being <laughs> spoiled. So that's the thing that I think that is, is very um, unappealing about his behavior. It's like, like his he's losing, his losing yeah. has been like, it's felt very much like finger pointing. Like, when he's, when he throws the bad pass, he's looking at his, like, his, His players and he's—it's almost this sense of like this is your fault. Like even though I just threw a horrible pass, yeah,
5: disappointed dad who doesn't know what's going on. And it's
6: similar to Aaron Rodgers this year too. Like Aaron Rodgers has been the same way. He'll overthrow his receiver by like five yards, and he'll sit there and say, like he'll be like, "What the like?" I'm like, dude, you overthrew him. Like you are not playing as good as you have in years past. This is not on anybody else but you. Has there been issues with your receivers dropping passes sure but at the same time you've been bad as a quarterback tom brady the same place um i think that these guys have gotten so used to greatness and them you know the media and fans and everybody just sucking them off that they're just like they're like uh, they're all of a sudden being criticized because they're not playing well now they're 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 on the opposite end of this thing they don't know how to react or how to respond. And and in in the past, when they haven't been when things haven't gone their way, it's because somebody else. Nine times out of ten, it was because of somebody else. Now it's on them. They're the ones that are the problem, and it's something that's really hard for them to 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 to, to swallow. That. All right, next call.
15: Hey guys, it's the girl that makes up harrow, aka Joey the Blind Panther again, and I got something to say about. I was just thinking about. You know, we keep saying all these things about, oh, the quarterbacks are doing so good. Like we say great things about P.J., great things about Sam Darnold, great things about everybody but Baker Mayfield, basically. Uh, and I was thinking that, uh, you know, I wonder if it's like Steve Wilkes himself. Ben McAdoo being able to uh, do what he wants to do. And like his offense really being able to come to fruition or a combination of both, because I mean, dude, it's been amazing. And everybody says, Oh, Ben McAdoo's offense is like really good for quarterbacks and blah, blah, blah. Like, and then we haven't been seeing it and like, He's still been drawing some criticism, which I'm not going to say is unfair because, you know, I'm just not. But I think even the coaches, even the assistant coaches are getting better under Steve Wilkes. Uh, It was just something interesting that I thought of when I had, uh, you know, ended up drinking a voodoo IPA that like, holy shit, dude. It's the IPA of all IPAs. Anyway, guys.
9: Uh
10: never
5: gets old. It doesn't. The the people in the chat love it. Voodoo. Come on bro. We can get you on some better ones. That's like uh gasoline, bro. The Voodoo it's good. It's potent. The uh, Voodoo IPA, but like you really want to just get the 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 toast of the town. Like the best consistent, beautiful is pernicious. It's the wicked my weed. brother pernicious is like in that boom i mean it is just the chef's kiss we could do a terrapin beer too we could put in some there but when it comes to an ipa man i love a pernicious that's my good like i'm not an ipa
1: guy right i'm not an ipa guy but my brother loves uh sweet water apparently they have a really good ipa that everybody yeah. loves but
5: um, all right, let's go to the next. No, but, uh, voodoo, like you buy those voodoo's or you're trying to get to a tour. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they are. They are about efficiency. The voodoo ranger, the voodoo beers. They all hit hard, like a bag of, like a bag of bricks. They hit like that damn Panthers running attack.
2: Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Ken, c 3 family. Much love to all of you. Um and- just hanging out in the chat, watching the podcast today. I'm loving the energy that we're getting. I believe that Sam Darnold has earned his spot to get a short or a prove it deal. Ben McAdoo, I still think the offense is a little predictable. Um, I would rather go with someone that hasn't failed as much as he has, but our game plan and our formula for success is good because it can travel. If we can just run the ball, the biggest thing we have to worry about is high powered offenses putting up a bunch of points on us. And the way that we avoid that is no giveaways, no turnovers and control the clock. And it doesn't matter what kind of weather there is. You know, if it's cold weather, it's even better for us. It'd be, I don't know if anybody's been hit multiple times in cold weather playing a contact sport, but it sucks. Yeah. It sucks a lot. And I am. I feel perfectly confident that we can go to Tampa Bay and put foots in them because Tom doesn't throw the ball further than two yards in front of the line of scrimmage. So it's kind of like we bunch up our linebackers do their thing. I expect Lou Vu and Shaq Thompson to have really huge games. Uh, stopping and putting them in second and third and long situations get three and outs we run the ball we convert a few times we flip a few field positions we can easily win this game in tampa bay keep pounding much love to everyone y'all take care
5: i just don't want to get ahead of ourselves a little bit too much as this is i know that we're watching the decline of tom brady two or three weeks ago i felt like i watched him die literally on tv he does kill in that two minute drill but let's just be honest. This secondary has not been good as it is. And now they're like, uh, missing their best piece. So really this is all going to be, I think this game is most about us. Can we, can we just continue to keep Tom Brady out of football? Um, we'll see what goes from there. All right, next call. Yes, 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 man. Um,
9: this is a regular all-time diehard Carolina Panthers fan, man. Um, I don't want to be too uh, redundant and say things with all what hasn't what has already been said, man, but I just want to put this out here, man. I want to be I want to be the fanatic, man, cuz I am I'm the, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the hype of the party, man, especially uh you put me around any 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 Carolina fan, especially when the game is on. Listen, I bet my uncle who's a Jets fan the beginning of the year that Sam Donald was going to be a bum. Listen, I already, listen, I already lost my money and listen, I'm glad that I (laughs) lost that bet. When I tell you, how Sam Donald has come into this year, shown his maturity, confidence, and resolve, and understanding the phase that he committed to this team, even if it was for the reason of lack of offensive of line, play calling, he buckled up. Four games. Listen, I've watched Sam from the Jets usc and to us last year sam has had good runs don't get me wrong he has yep. done good jobs in the jets uh winning like four or five games out of six or seven but he has never played no mistake football like he has right now and the way right. he is doing it given when we play the steelers sam had to depend on his own game to keep us in the game it was not a game management. It was not him just not the fuck up. Sam was trying to win the game. If only our offensive line would have held up just a little bit better. Because I remember in two series, T.J. Walt, Cameron Hayward, they came into that offensive line and they disrupted what Sam was about to brew up. If that offensive line would have played just 10% better, I'm telling you Sam could have tied the game at least with that seven, because we were yeah. down seven, 16-24. This is all I'm saying, man. Once I see Sam have a bad game, like, we understand what, what, what he's been showing us. And we've seen him at, at one of his worst on our, on our team. But once I see Sam have a bad game, and I'm talking about it in these next runs, and it's manageable. You see what I'm saying? Like, is his worst manageable now? Because I'm feeling like Sam has matured his game. He has grown confidence. He just understands it better. It's slowing down. He's putting it
5: together.
1: Oh, is that the end of it?
5: Yeah, it got cut off.
1: Oh, that was a great call, man. No, that was a great call. I mean, everything that Sam has been doing has been a market improvement over what he was doing last year, taking care of the football. We all remember how much we didn't trust Sam going into this season. Uh, because of how much he turned over the football. I used to say that Sam Donald was throwing the football to your guardian angel. It was like he was, he, he was uh, throwing it way too high. But now he's taking care of the football. He's um, and, you know, I even said before the Detroit game that there are going to be moments when I think we're going to need to throw the football with Sam. Like, we're going to need to push the You're ball downfield. You're
5: going to. Yeah, to have to. Yeah, and we're going like to have de- to. We're going to have a game like that last week yeah. every week.
1: We have to depend on Sam's arm. And I think that so far, he's given us enough reason to trust him doing so.
5: I think the most important part about it, though, is that we didn't ask to ask for that trust too early. We put some deposits in the bank first before we were cashing the Sam Darnold check. And what I mean by that is that we didn't come in here on his first game and ask him to do like throw 300 yards. We didn't ask him to be, you know, and we as he is getting some of the rust out and getting some confidence, maybe the times will cross at the right moment where when we do need him to do that, we've built him up in a way to where he's capable of doing that. Instead of just going in there like PJ Walker being like, Good luck, bud. I hope you can save your career. <laughs>
4: uh-huh.
5: You know, what I mean, it's that sometimes you have to put people there. I think Nick Saban says this a lot is about put, uh, being a coach is about putting people in positions to succeed, you know, is giving them the tools, the resources, the opportunity to go succeed. And not putting them in untenable situations. Isn't that so much the problem with some of these first round draft picks is that they're put into such an untenable situation. You break the yeah. toy. You give the yeah. you give somebody that barely knows how to drive a Ferrari and you ask them not to ruin, you know, you're like, oh, well, we didn't crash. You're right, but you ruined the fucking transmission.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> Dude,
1: um, that's how these quarterbacks bust. That go to teams that are not prepared to build around them the right way with offensive line and the proper amount of weapons, and it doesn't go well.
5: All right, let's get to these. That happens. Let's do these last four calls. Good Lord. We had a no post game show.
8: What's going on, CP3? This is Cupid Cash, man. I called one time earlier, but I love the show, man. Long time listening. You guys do an awesome job. Um
5: thank you very much.
8: I just had a couple of thoughts, man. A lot of people being uh, uh a lot of other podcasts has been critical of uh, Steve, Steve wilkes but I I personally think he's done everything he needs to do to win the job. Um he he changed, he he returned the culture. He basically uh took a dying, dying uh team and and, and transformed them, gave them life, gave them hope even even with the 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 Shuffling of the quarterback situation, he did a wonderful job with that. Uh, trying to trying to give everybody an equal opportunity chance to prove themselves and you know the, the better person won. Uh, you know, so I, I think he did he did what he needed to do. You could people talk about that Pittsburgh game, but I just honestly think Pittsburgh just was better coached, and they uh, was more physical, um, and, and and Carolina just uh, came out lackluster. But I think they learned their lesson. So, and I think that, uh, you know, if if Sam Donald is the man going forward into next year, I think that'll be cool for even for him to be a bridge, and we pick up somebody like, um, like uh, Richardson, and have him learn up under there, up under uh, Sam's tutelage. But I I think this this game coming up is going to be the test for Sam um with that with that team and i think if he can carry us in the playoffs he definitely needs to be the quarterback going forward uh next year and i think that steve and him would be a good good field going forward for the team morale um i just want to know y'all thoughts man and uh keep up the good work guys i'll keep time
5: thank you so much for your support man we appreciate your time man and thank you for calling in a lot of good points there I said earlier in the show is that bizarre it's what a crazy world we live in where we're having a realistic conversation about, should we think about extending, keeping Sam in the building before he hits free agency? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have that period where a team gets before free agency opens, where they get to deal with their in-house free agents, their in-house restrictive free agents, And is Sam Darnold part of that process? Really what I want to ask you guys, and we will have a lot more time to talk about this as uh, the weeks go on. If this, if he does continue to succeed, how do you pitch it to Sam Darnold? Right. Is this is like, uh, because you're kind of having to put him, you probably, you're going to say this is we're going to be looking for a quarterback in the draft. You know, it might not be in the first, it could be in the second, Like, how do you pitch the Carolina opportunity to Sam Darnold moving forward uh, as a bridge, as a two-year, one-year, whatever you think it? What's the pitch? Uh,
6: The pitch is you have an opportunity to to come in here and earn the the, the right to be a starting quarterback or a franchise guy again. Um, You proved over a shorter period of time – uh, that you could uh, you could carry a team uh, and you could manage or be a game manager. Uh, now we need to see you take the next step, um, and we're willing to go. You know, take another year uh, and and see how you perform. But the idea, the thing that I don't think is fair to Sam is we're going to draft a guy in the first round. We're probably going to have to trade up to get him um, and go after Man, like what the Jets did, right? Right, and then so so what we're going to do is we're going to trade up, get somebody in the draft, and they're going to be behind you, ready to take looking the range over the shoulder you. the whole time, right? And, and we want you to teach him, and we want they're four years difference. Like it's not like these guys are ten years or fifteen years different. There's four years between the two of these guys, and he's
5: really not even had a ton of success. So can we call him a teacher yet?
6: Right, and so I don't know that that's even fair to Sam to say that now. Is it fair to Sam to say, we're going to let you start next year and Matt Corral is going to be your backup. And Matt Corral continues to learn. I think that's a fair thing to do because you're not sitting there expending resources on a quarterback that may not even work out. And I only, I, I, my hesitation with doing, we have two guys on the roster. We have Sam Darnold who shows a lot of promise this year, and we have a, a lot of potential in Matt Corral, right? Um, The idea of going and trying to draft another guy who's got many of the same traits, who's maybe got many of the same successes as both of these guys had in college, and expect them to come in here and do anything different than what these guys are able to do, I think is a really weird decision to make. So we're not taking a quarterback now. I don't. Well, I I mean, I mean, I just Cody.
5: Cody Lassie is over here just fucking eating shit, grinning, bro. Like it's like I told you. I I mean,
1: look. I I have. I I think Matt Corral is that dude. And the thing that I've been (laughs) fighting with uh, people on on Twitter about is, why are you going to reach for a quarterback just because we have bought this narrative that we cannot leave this draft without a quarterback? Why? Why does everyone think that? If Sam Darnold does end up playing well throughout the end of the season and you have Matt Corral next year, I don't think that the quarterback is as big of a need as you might think. You know, I, I, unless you're not able to retain Sam, then yeah, you probably have to draft one to at least compete with Matt Corral. But listen, I I don't know how it happens. I just know I'm a Matt Corral believer. Yeah, it's that we're running right now. Matt Corral would be electric. He is a threat with his legs. He has a big-time arm, and I want to see Matt Corral get a shot. And if we have an opportunity to draft a really good defensive player in the first round and continue to build up that way, I say do it, man, and continue to build this team around Matt Corral for the future. If Sam wants to be a part of it, here's the deal that I would do, and y'all tell me if this is too low. Uh, two years, $10 million, $5, year, five million per year that way you're giving him some money it's not super expensive but you're giving him some money and it's a two year deal so he does have some uh you know a, a bit of leeway to be able to kind of get his bearings here in Charlotte and make it incentive-laden. so hey if you make it to the playoffs hey here's another you know 250,000 or whatever it is you know i think um but yeah, I, I want to see what we have in Matt Corral. I yeah. think he's ultra talented, and I want to see him.
6: The argument that, um you know, and, and Chunk is also, you know, uh, going and uh, stating this in the chat for those in the audio. He's saying that um neither Sam or Matt Corral are franchise guys. And you're right. Not a single quarterback no, was right. a franchise. No, no, hold on. Not a single quarterback on the face of the planet was a franchise guy until they were. Yeah. right so you you yeah. you can say we can all agree that neither of these guys are franchise quarterbacks yet but the idea of just writing them off just because that uh you know that that you think that the quarterback class that we see here is better is 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 a tough pill to swallow especially given that right now if you really want this team to succeed we're drafting beyond the 19th pick so odds are we're going to have to either go with a guy that we don't really believe in or trade up and give away assets for the future for a guy who nine times out of 10, based on history will not work out anyway.
5: Or you get a guy that uh, at the right price. And what I mean by that is you draft the Richardson kid at the right, at the second round, like hurts rather than being a top 10 pick, you know, somehow you just get the player in the second round instead of the first that's the right. only other way. Uh let's go to the next call. JD, I'm only gonna play one of these, man. This three minute call. I can't play two of them back to back.
7: Yo, what's good, C3? Hey, I'm JJ. just calling in uh to give my two cents about the uh CMC uh topic that was broached about um how how would the offense look with CMC informing. I said uh prior to the season that the Panthers should make an a, a actual effort to limit the number of touches CMC got per game. Like, he should have been getting around 20 touches. You break that down however you want, whether that's 10 targets in the passing game, 10 uh, rushing attempts. I felt that it would have been more beneficial to the offense if CMC, like I say, getting around 20 touches. If you, you give him around 15 rushing attempts and you give someone else performing another 10, 15 rushing attempts, especially considering how the team is running the ball right now, as good as it looks with Foreman and, and Chuba, it would look that much better because um, I'll say, like, take this pass on there as an example. Just the difference between Foreman and Chuba out in open space. Now imagine CMC in open space. Foreman, when he, he broke loose, he was looking to make a move, like put a move on the, the defender that's out there to try to tackle him. Chuba was just more straight line, and that's, in my opinion, the one thing that sep- one of the things that separates CMC from a lot of other running backs is his shiftiness. Like he has power, he has great hands. We all know that. But CMC in open space is a nightmare for defense. So you swap out Chuba on those first two carries, and you're probably getting more yards out of that simply because CMC in open space, he's gonna he's gonna make them. It's hard to bring him down one on one. Like I say, he's a nightmare in open field. But uh. I feel like outside of Noel Turner, there was no offensive coordinator that properly knew how to use him. Like at this point in CMC's career, even if you go on, you watch the 49ers game, CMC is not the featured back in the game. He's not the featured player. Like they will, they will use him as a decoy. They will, they will use misdirection, and and he'll be out there blocking for someone else that's getting the ball. That's how the Panthers should have started to use CMC. Like we're going to send him in motion, and I know. You know, opposing teams are going to be worried about him getting the ball, but you don't realize that Foreman can tote it rock. And that's further, that's a further, that's further indictment upon rule because Foreman is likely to go over a thousand yards after taking over with 11 games remaining in the season. You, you had a, a talented guy like Foreman who, up to taking over as the starter, had only gotten like seven touches. Like, the difference between the offense is, is really with Wilkes and and Rule. Wilkes has an identity. Wilkes has that aura about him, like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is gonna put the guys in the best situation to, to
5: succeed. Uh yeah, well we'll we'll debate that some more. We de- I feel like we've been debating that silly conversation between these two guys for too long. Let's go to the next call.
0: Yo, C3, first time caller from Utah. Oh, what's Yo, up? couple things. Something a flag I'm going here. We
5: win in the Super
0: Bowl. All nice. right, We said it. Wilkes, we'll, they got to break the rules, take the tag. If he, we win Sunday, take that damn tag off, make him the head coach. Huh. Sheesh, we win it all, boys. We got Josh Norman. He's going to come back and see Hype Squad. That's all they signed him for. And to come catch four interceptions in what? Two games and the playoffs? All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. And, and, don't even let me forget about this. We own Tom Brady. I don't care what anyone says. Cam Newton was undefeated against Tom Brady. And that wasn't just Cam Newton, that was the system. And we've got our system, we've got our DNA back, we got that punch-in-the-mouth style back. Damn, we've beaten up Tampa. We're not even going to need to do our starters week 18 because we know Tampa's going to lose again because we're going to make them implode. We're going to beat their ass so bad. Boys, I am excited. Last thing, I don't even care about the draft, but we got to get Keith or Kincaid from the U of U over to Carolina, we got to have Steve Smith work his little magic. But those two boys are beasts, and that's the only, only thing I think we really need. Love you guys. Call back later,
5: man. Thank you so much for being awesome. The Appreciate show. you, bro. I Great like call him. too. Yeah, energy, he's, energy. He's calling it Super Bowl. I love it. And you know he's right, man. Fuck it. Like, well, let's own Tom Brady one more time, man. Let's do let's it. Let's
6: Do something that that hasn't been done before, and force this guy into a losing season. Like, that's, right. let's break some records, boys. No kidding. Uh,
5: last call of the night. And then NFL News and Ice. Yeah, night.
16: It's me, c dog. <coughs> I'm just very excited, man, for the football <laughs> season. I'm We're going it, to the playoffs. We're going to walk with the Tampa Bay and Saints in two weeks. Uh, Steve Wilson's is probably going to be our head coach. All we got to do is bring back uh, Matt Corral, healthy next year. It's, it's just bring back yeah. Sam Donald, not giving them a whole bunch of money. I will bring him back as a backup. But besides that, man, whenever you come in here, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. The boys always putting out great content every Tuesday, Friday. Then we got the game simulation on Saturday. But I uh, will oh, shout out to G Baby the Goat. <laughs> And everything, but uh, I know this is very exciting, man. We brought Josh Norman back, you know, just because you know, like you said, we're in the dance, you know. It's just exciting that you know we we have meaningful for football again in Charlotte, which we haven't had like since 2015, you know. But uh, hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Everybody, go ahead and get ready for this game Sunday. I'm so excited. Let's see what we're going to do. I hope we uh, retire Tom Brady ass this Sunday. Hope Brian Burns get like two sacks. Hope Josh Norman gets an interception. That'd be awesome. I hope we keep this pound kind of this fucking rock down the fucking throats of the defense that we play. I need mean, if the offensive line come out and play like it played last week. We just played bully ball and was just moving motherfuckers around. All fucking game. We have a, a shot to go a long way in the playoffs. But anyways, man so i made that sort of sweet whenever you come in here make sure you hit the like button make sure you subscribe <laughs> okay and uh keep pounding everybody have a great night see dot 1983 you
5: there have been 11 points scored in the last seven six minutes of this basketball game what is that even how does that even fucking happen Like, what are they doing? What are they doing in this last five minutes of this game? Like, that's a fucking monster amount of time. It's 105 to 101. And I need just like one or two points from a couple of guys to help me on these prize picks. And these mugs are out there just taking naps. Taking naps. All right. Those are the cat calls. We appreciate it. Hey, if you guys notice some of the people in the chat, they have these cool green tags and they have the ability uh, to put out special emojis. Uh, you can help uh support the C3 Panthers podcast by subscribing, liking as my daughter says, let the rights rain down, let the likes rain, right? Hit us up. Help us crush that YouTube algorithm. As Cody always says, boop it, boop it. As this one guy says that thumbs up and um, help us continue our quest for 5,000 and uh, subscribers on YouTube. But remember you can be a C3 super fan for $1.99 a month. You can help support a podcast that helps us grow and build uh, the show technologically and our reach and some different things. Maybe you even get like a cool blue Twitter tag one day or something like that. If we get enough, I would love to hit a hundred um, C three super fans. We're kind of mm-hmm. rocking around that 75, 77 goes up and down around that number. So consider that as a way to su- support the show, but the best way to do is to call in, be a part of the community. Uh, and that's not only on Tuesday, but on Friday, on Sundays after the post game, and all throughout the offseason as we do draft coverage and whatever breaking news, free agency, the training camp. We got a lot of cool content coming in. Let's do uh, because I want this to continue to be the longest running Panthers podcast. Uh, just a couple of news and notes if you guys have any comments. Uh, the Broncos have fired uh, head coach. Where former head coach Nathaniel Hackett uh, after a disastrous start uh, to the Broncos season, bringing in Russell Wilson trading the farm for him. And it just has been terrible. Nathaniel Hackett has had one of the shortest tenured careers in the NFL at only 15 games. And now there's storylines out there. Like is Russell, can Russell Wilson be fixed? You guys, uh, the Broncos bro. They put a lot of money up for these guys. The best thing I saw about this hack is that they, they were trying to lure Aaron Rodgers and then they had to pivot when they couldn't get him because this was his quarterback coach. And uh, this has just been a mess, man. The Broncos are so bad. They're just fucking putrid, man. I don't even know how you can be as bad as uh, they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it because Russell Wilson is so dog shit, bro. Dude, he's so bad. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was on Hackett or if it was on Russell Wilson. I'm more apt to say Russell Wilson. I mean, if you're not hitting the open receivers that are there, you're the one leaving points on the field. Kind of like what we said with Ben McAdoo. Uh, I don't know, man. They They have the new richest owners in the NFL. With the Walton family, so they're probably going to be in contention for this uh, super squad that Sean Payton is building. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but apparently Sean Payton is, you know, trying to get together Vic Fangio and a bunch of really good coaches to like NFL owners. Uh, the Broncos might be in He's doing for his McCarthy that, so. thing, right? I now. feel
6: like it's a stupid idea to go with super coaches. I feel like you're getting way too many alphas in there, and they're not gonna. It's just gonna be a, a shit show. I think that's the same thing with trying to go all star with your uh, with your your team. It rarely works when you get a bunch of a listers on your on your team as a as a as a squad. But um, yeah, that's I, I just I don't know. I'm not buying into the Sean Payton hype speaking of the broncos stinking
5: one of the things that they stunt man is uh baker mayfield and the rams just fucking curb stomp these guys put up what 50 something points against them
6: 51 but i think again that's a bigger indictment on the broncos than it is on uh, a benefit to the rams and baker mayfield like i i do not like i watched that game and yeah he was efficient but he there was a few times he threw the ball more than 10 yards down the field but he was throwing the ball like you know, screen passes and short passes in the middle. He was doing it efficiently, which I'll give him credit for. But, um, like, I, I just, I watched the highlights, and I just didn't see anything that was exceptional. He did better than he ever did in the Panthers uniform. I'll give him that. Yeah, agreed. Um,
5: And you know what? I don't wish ill will on anybody.
6: Yeah, Baker, uh, JJ- Baker has caused two coaches to get fired, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. Um,
5: maybe more. To be honest. Uh TJ Watt. I mean, JJ Watt, excuse me, retire or announced he will be retiring after this season. Talk about a mess of a situation with the Arizona Cardinals that he's out there. Uh, very impressive career for JJ Watt, three time NFL defensive player of the year. That's incredible. Five time all pro, two team, se- two time second team all pro, five time pro bowler, member of the 2010s all decade team, and Walter. Peyton Man of the Year Award, JJ Watt man. Uh How many years? Twelve, I think they said. Um, so you know, uh, congratulations to him. Sucks that the Cardinals stink so bad, and they're probably going to be firing their coach and everything. He
1: looked like he was twenty three years old watching he's him against, falling out. Uh, yeah, dude, he's yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. He looks like he was playing damn good football i guess that's what you want to do though take one step mm-hmm. you know get out a little bit too early then a little bit too late shout out to jj man hall of famer
5: yeah no doubt no doubt first ballot and
6: piece of go- shit mac jones
1: yeah I mean, was a piece of trash
5: yeah um you guys saw the play yes uh interception there uh or whatever was it the interception? Was it the? I think was it was it? a
6: fumble because he didn't have any interceptions this game.
5: Okay, and uh, so the guys clearly run into the end zone, and about ten yards behind the play, um, Mac Jones just goes at. I don't know what it was. What Eli do you call
6: Apple's it? knees? Like he tries to do a oh, like basically it's sort of like a blindside block, but on his kneecaps instead of his head like it was it was absolutely unnecessary and right now there are four clips that show that he is he has every opportunity he's ever had to be a dirty fucking player he has taken it every single time like it's not even one time this is four times in less than a 2 years of full seasons like mind you he's missed some time this year right he missed some time last year like the dude in 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 a very short career has four clips already in place that show he is a fucking dirty ass player. Mac Jones, Mac Jones needs to be removed from the Patriots. And the fact is, he's not even a good player. He's actually a below average quarterback. When you look at what he's done there in the Patriots uniform, he's absolutely garbage as a quarterback. He's absolutely garbage as a human being. I think I, I wish ill will on him. Um, as Tony says, he wishes it will on nobody. I wish it will like the amount of happiness that I got from seeing his head pushed into the ground by Chandler Jones last week or two weeks ago against the (laughs) the Vegas uh, Raiders, like is, is immeasurable. Like I absolutely loved it. And now we have a, 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 I'm not a big fan of Eli Apple. Don't get me wrong, but this was an absolute, uh, just, just a, a cherry on the top and no, he's just got building up enemies bears panthers and you have the 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 Bengals now and there's plenty of highlights that show the defensive players that go after him have no problem just laying down yeah, they, they've they've had enough of it
5: he's the Grayson allen you guys remember that basketball player for duke that would just cry yeah. and trip people and stuff like and who's a, strangely having a decent nba career um uh last bit is just uh boy what a mess What a mess the Cardinals have turned into. Uh, Uh, Cliff has got to be out. It's crazy. They extended every single person and arguably could cut every single person that they extended. Like, look, Kyler Murray hurt. Who knows when he'll be back. Things weren't looking better for him. He wasn't handling things great. (laughs) They extended um, Cliff Kingsbury. I just thought this story was interesting. Marquise Brown played a season-low 66% of the snaps this week, because he showed up to a team meeting late, and not that I really care about what discipline is, or, or even care about how many snaps this guy plays. To be honest, I just thought it was interesting. I, th- I just felt
6: like this shows you that the shit's just burning. Can I can I just think? Can you talk about how hysterical it is that Robbie Anderson got traded to the Cardinals, <laughs> oh, thinking gosh. he was getting a better situation, and it turned out to be a bigger fucking dumpster fire than the Panthers were at the time. Like this is absolutely just god awful. Like it sucks that what happened to Kyler. But if I'm on that team, I'm asking to be traded. Uh, the moment this year is over, I do not want to be underneath. I don't want to be a part of another rebuild there. I, I like. I thought we were bad here. Uh, mid midway through the season, like that's that's a horrible situation over there. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
5: All right, uh, that's the news, and uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. we got one last segment to do, the ice-up picks, but my name's Tony Dunn. This is the C3 Panthers podcast, and we're the longest-running Panthers podcast with three hours and 30 minutes right now, rocking and rolling in our 10th season, completing our 10th season this year. These guys, we go every week, and uh, we got a post-game show coming up. We'll bring you as much content as we can uh, during this holiday season going forward. I want to wish everybody... A Happy New Year. Cody Lack, take us into these ice-up picks. Put them on the spot.
1: As always. Hold up.
5: Well, I would have done it. Oh, man. Uh, My prize picks did win. I won $4 on a $10 bet. Uh, uh it's not working, dude. What do you mean it's
1: not working? See hard. if it'll work on your end. I just clicked it, and it's not working.
5: You clicked it. I might, need to, come,
1: I might need to come out and come back in. Uh, is,
5: are they in order?
4: Uh, it's... There it is. To... Hi, sup, son.
5: The ice up segment is our homage to Steve Smith, the longest running Panther of uh, 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 the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. This is our opportunity to tell someone to ice up, tough it up to get it together. Everybody is fair game. Uh, and a lot of times uh, there's a lot of work to be done in the ice up segments. Do you guys have any uh, uh, that are burning on your heart right now?
6: Um, I'll, I'll do a, a quick one. Um, Number 1 the co- the country that just went through a ridiculous ice age um everybody needs to ice up uh literally um now uh i might have seen my circumstances uh this past weekend up um i was without power from friday until last night late <laughs> luckily i have it tonight um but uh yeah so that was uh that was a tough situation you know basically living with in-laws and aunts and uncles until uh, we finally uh, found that the power was turned back on, um, but I tell you what, um, a lot of people got ice up by their pipes bursting, uh, freezing and bursting. My neighbor, yeah. one of them, um, and uh, and it was like it's one of those things where it was upstairs. We live in a uh, in a, a two story house with a basement as well. Um, so the upstairs, uh, in one of the bathrooms, the pipe burst. And so, which is bad. What's what? What's worse about that is because the power was out, nobody was home. We're all staying in other places, hotels, all that stuff. So they didn't come home until yesterday. And they found, they walked in and they see the water in the ceiling. And the, they see the water down the walls. Um, and the water had made it all the way down to the basement. Um, and so I just, I, it's such a sucky situation. Um, and so, uh. I'm going to do the opposite of ice up and I'm going to say warm up everybody who had to deal with some uh, crazy shit like that, uh, this past week.
5: It has been cold ice up, warm up, toughen up <laughs> Cody lack. I'm going to go with this one is, and I probably think of what, Oh, actually I got one is anytime someone says I'm, uh, I don't, uh, don't mean to be racist. Uh, They're about to say something super. They racist. are racist. I was, like, I was just like, no, I was like, as at this bar. This girl goes, ah, uh, she doesn't like the crowd. That this like the bar is kind of changing the patronage. She's like, I don't want to be. Ra-. I was like, bro, this is racist. Like, what you're saying is exactly racist. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is my Icep pick. Is this right here? Because I guess to LeBron and uh, the the Lakers, the Lakers, but. Off i got it off i got it off or uh, yeah okay. and this is not the broadcast so we'll see so hopefully we'll get a stick but watch lebron here he's gonna take this three clank goes after his rebound look at them falls flips look runs back look at this runs back <laughs> running back get trying to get into play <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> this poor guy just dude, dude, he's like, out hey. there trying though he's out
1: oh, there
5: oh, he's no. out there trying hey, to make something happen, I oh, saw dude. a
6: clip I saw a clip and it was funny I saw it was just lebron just breaking every rule like basically w- traveling every yeah. time he gets the ball like i i, I, I thought it was hysterical but yeah uh, all right yeah. Cody Lack, what you got
1: um no i don't have a great one like i normally you know try and do try and bring a funny video um I my, I'm gonna go very, very simple. I'm gonna ice up everybody that doubted us, be them Panther fans or not. Everybody that thought, oh, we're not gonna win another game. Oh, we're you know we have to trade Brian Burns and DJ Moore. Oh, everybody has to... ah, never that dead that dumb shit. The Panthers are still fighting. Real Panther fans never stop fighting for their squad, man. Look, ice up to everybody who quit on this team before they quit on us, and that's of you. All right, So to all of those people, and you know who you are. Ice up.
6: So. Hey, can I do one more, just real quick? It's super yep. quick. Can you pull that uh, Lavisca uh, tw- uh, clip that I sent in the Discord or in the uh, DM? Uh, yeah, I see. Um uh, it's not the one that everybody's thinking about. Um uh, that crazy awesome play that he had with being on angry runs, uh, which I don't know if we really got a chance to touch ba- base on that. Um
5: Was it in the Twitter chat?
6: Yeah, the Twitter DMs. Um let's go,
10: let's go, let's go.
6: It's a it. it's a tweet from John Ellis.
5: I don't see it actually.
6: Did you send it as a text message? Oh, no, in Twitter DMs
5: or group chat. Yeah, hold on. I'll pull it back up here. I just looked. It's not there.
6: Me too. Yeah, it's John Ellis. It's Did you put guy.
5: it in the Panthers creator one?
6: Look LMO LMAL look at Visca. Yeah,
5: well, I'll just pull
6: up. Do you see uh, it's two tweets uh, above? It's two above uh, Greg saying, guys, I'm may not make it tonight. Okay, let's
5: see. Do you see it
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. i see it now
5: all right oh yeah, okay yeah. it doesn't have a all right i see it. you got it cody or you want me to
6: do it yeah i got it did you see this uh tony yes dude this is so funny all right we gotta uh we gotta uh get this uh up and then watch this re- watch this come back watch lavisca he's gonna come from the right side over here to block this boy, and he just about levels him, and he just stands there and stares him down. <laughs> <laughs> running, watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. Number fifteen on the right, he's running across the line, just oh, pounds oh. and stands there. <laughs> he just stands there, and he just stares
5: him down. Chair. It's right. absolutely hysterical. All right, pull that before we get demonetized. saw.
6: Yeah. Oh my god! Is is all twenty two? Do we figure out if that's demonetized or not? like is that YouTube a monetization doesn't. thing
5: youtube's just funny with a lot of crap
6: okay gosh I just, it's I'm just so... the
5: ads it's just the ads <laughs> so it's not really a big deal but
6: um but yeah that's that's just i want to say to that defender i don't even know who it was didn't even matter um lavisca just <laughs> basically leveled the dude luckily he fell uh fell uh fell uh kept his kept his balance but uh, Laviska just stood there. Everybody's running to get to the ball, and he's yeah, just the staring him gonna down. Call
5: him out. Though, oh yeah,
6: but was... but at that, but from an entertainment perspective, that is exactly the attitude I want him to have.
5: <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C Three Panthers podcast, brought to you by Carolina where every Tuesday night at nine PM we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it with my homeboys, Cody Lashney's my man, Tell them how they can get after you
1: yeah find me on twitter at Cody Lack C-O-D-Y L-A-C and yes people in the chat room were asking if there is going to be a Friday free-for-all there absolutely will be but I'm gonna give y'all a warning I'm gonna be halfway checked out uh at least in uh once it gets to be eight o'clock because my Clemson Tigers are playing their last game of the season so it might be uh me just Hooting and hollering and cussing uh, at my Clemson Tigers. Uh, Pickle will probably be in there, I'm sure, too. We're playing his uh, Tennessee Volunteers. But every Friday at 7 p.m., you have an opportunity to be a part of uh, your your podcast, man. If you want to come on the show, let your about these Carolina Panthers, this team we love. Well, the Friday Free For All is your opportunity to do it. Every Friday at 7 p.m. Uh and that's it, man. That's all for your boy.
6: CK? Uh yeah, you can find me here, obviously on social media at Code Dizzle Allen. Um, now the uh the Madden Sim, we've been pretty consistent with. We didn't get it done last week. I didn't have power, as I just mentioned. Yep. Um, and so uh this week it's New Year's Eve on Saturday. Um, I'm happy to do it, and I'm like if as long as my wife hasn't already made plans, um, I'm maybe down to do a new year's Eve countdown to the new year's as well on top of it. Um, So if anybody's interested in that, feel free to uh, put that in the chat or uh, you know, tag us in some tweets and let us know that you're interested in and hanging out and maybe enjoying the uh, new year's bringing in the new year's with us. um, If you have no plans, which I know a lot of people don't. Um, So uh, yeah, just uh, let us know. Uh, subscribe.
5: Right. Check us out on all the iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. Cody Lack, take us out of
1: here.
5: C3 Panther Nation. Until next
1: time, keep pounding.